Alrighty, uh, hi. Uh, this is our first episode. We don't know what we're calling it. This is sort of just like a chillax episode. Uh, my name is Riley, and I'm here with... Hunter. Hunter. Alright. So, yeah, as I just said, this is more of a chillax, sort of like a, like a hangout session, you know? Um, you know, you might just talk about a bunch of random stuff that comes to mind, you know? Just whatever we, we decide. So... I think I want to start with sort of some of the popular mainstream media that's out right now. Uh, we both watched Minions, The Rise of Gru. That was That was pog. That was, that was so, that yeah. Was As yeah. a movie, it's quite bad, but the memes are really funny. <laughs> and it's like it's like Morbius. It's exactly like Morbius, but... The, the studio execs are, like, kicking themselves because they're trying to figure out why. The Minions is popular, but not Morbius. Yeah, Sony doesn't understand why Morbius took off. I think, yeah, because <laughs> Morbius was being memed on because it was, because it failed, while Minions became a meme before it came out. So, like, people went to see it. Well, the Minions were a meme before it came out, too, like, not the movie itself, but, you know, it was associated with shitty jokes that you find on Facebook. Or, like, it could be a good joke, and then there's just, like, a minion slapped onto it. <laughs> to make it funny. I know. My, uh, mother would go on Pinterest, and there'd be a lot of jokes with, like, minions on it. But it was something about, like, drinking wine or, like, hating men. Yeah. And it's like, why is, like, minions standing <laughs> next to it? Because minions are... They uh, reproduce asexually. <laughs> At least that's what I assume. Like Yeah, that's what he's got. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's what he's got. No alcohol, man. I don't. I'm not, okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I can just die without alcohol. I, so. I mean, I, 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 I drank a bit last night, but that's because I was at a party, and I was the one of the three of our family that stopped early. Somewhat good about that, but either way, back to minions. <laughs> back to minions. Yeah, three out of ten. I don't remember what I gave it on my letterbox. I I think I gave it a three too. I couldn't stand it. No, I. The best part of that experience was the crowd. I think this was the most active crowd, at least I've ever had in a theater. Like No Way Home was kind of close. Like not even Avengers Endgame. Was that rowdy? Minions: The Rise of Gru, for whatever godforsaken reason, just became a sensation of meme hilarity, and I find it extremely hilarious. It, to, to be honest, I do like the culture surrounding movies where people are starting to uh, react more often because it's it gets a reaction out of me. <laughs> it's either really stupid or hilarious. Like when Mr. Fantastic showed up and Doctor, Doctor Strange, Strange. Yeah. I was like, okay, John Krasinski, woo, and the theater was like, ah, like, okay. Like, actually? Yeah, the theater was like, wow. I thought my <laughs> mother would get a bit more of a reaction because she loves The Office, so I didn't tell her that John Krasinski from The Office was going to be a superhero in it, so I'm like waiting for her reaction, and then he shows up. And it was just the most dead expression I've ever seen. And then I asked her about it later, and she was just like, I don't think he fit the role, you know? I'm like, damn. 
Even my mother, who likes him, didn't like him. Dang. I thought he fit. I, I think he fits the role. It's just uh, they're not going to do anything with him. They're, they're going to get someone else. I'm sorry. They're going to they're gonna get a 20-year-old to play a high schooler, which doesn't make sense for the character, but they're going to do it anyways. Mr. Fantastic was a high schooler outside of Ultimate. He wasn't even an Ultimate. He wasn't an Ultimate, but you know what I mean. He was younger than Ultimate. Yeah. Every other time he's in his like 30s or 40s. Yeah. It's just in the Ultimate comics, he was the young, hip youth. <laughs> Looking back on it, why did they adapt the Ultimate Comics? Because the Ultimate Comics sound awful. I mean, Miles is decent. Well, yeah, because... And, like, the death of Peter to get to Miles is kind of cool. But, like, the rest of it sounds pretty bad. That's because they used Spider-Man to launch Ultimate. That was, like, their... You're looking at Ultimate through the lens of Spider-Man. Which is, like, really the only way that I would look at it. Because... Instead of Avengers, it's Ultimates, but it's the same people fighting the same villains. And it's like, what's the point of it? They, they did Ultimate to get rid of the convolutedness, but then it became just as bad in a very quick time frame. And then they tried to kill it off by, like, merging universes or some dumb yeah. comic shit. Yep, 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 yep. So, like, it doesn't even matter. No, did they, did they kill off the Ultimate Universe, but the only thing that survived were the things that people actually liked, like Miles, but then they revealed later that the Ultimate Universe survived anyways? So it's like, because comics, <laughs> yeah. the point. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely... Oh, that was a big lip song. Sorry. Um, I absolutely agree. Miles is great. The rest sucks. That's my very black and white take on Ultimate Comics. Spider-Man in general. Spider-Man yeah, in yeah, general yeah. was good. But right. the introduction of Miles was a great thing that I think yeah. hopefully everyone is thankful for. I feel sure like most people some are. people are. <laughs> There's probably some that only want Peter. But you know what? I feel like that's a very small crowd. Especially after the Spider-Verse movie. I think people have accepted yeah, this kid's pretty cool Spider-Man. But I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, back to Minions. <laughs> the Rising <laughs> the that uh, ending, I can't wait for Minions 3. And Despicable Me 4. Because they're just going to crank these movies out. They're going to churn them like butter, bro. Well, first we're going to get the Mario movie. Oh my gosh, <laughs> dude. Illumination is going to screw it up so hard, but I can't wait. I'm so excited. They're, they're making money off of pure irony, and I love it. I think they understand <laughs> at this point. Or at least I think they should understand. Nope. <laughs> don't, don't understand <laughs> that it's pure irony and that's what fuels the internet and that's what I need <laughs> that's what fuels our culture at this point to it's be just irony they'll be looking back on our culture 2000 years from now and they'll be like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> these humans are kind of stupid like how you did these humans because we probably won't even be around by then yeah they'd be like monkeys Revert to monkey? <laughs> Absolutely. Revert to monkey. Alright. Anyway, yeah, that was one of the things we watched. We also saw the new Thor. I hated it more than you did. But, like, we were so pretty close. Yeah, we were opinion. close. I was thinking about giving it a six, but I'm just stuck with a five at mediocre. But I will be, I would be willing to, because I'm willing to jump both sides. Just, yeah, you know, I, like. I gave it a five initially. Like, I, 
I didn't love Ragnarok, but I still think it's like the best Thor. And I love Taika as a like a creative individual. Uh, what we do in the shadows, Jojo Rabbit, I think are excellent. And then like his acting work and like uh, Our Flag Means Death was like really good. So I was excited to see what he did with this. Because I think it wasn't a separate writer this time. It was just him. Or like him and some consultants or whatever. But then what we got was very disappointing. And I'm sad about that. And the more I think about it logically, like some of the plot stuff that happens, I sort of just kind of gave up. Just trying to think, oh, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. Because I've been trying to do that with Marvel a lot. Because I've been with it since Iron Man. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a try. To like think that I'll try to yeah. think it's good, and then it wasn't. I'm like, okay, I can't do this anymore. So yeah. I give it like a four point five out of ten. So like really close to yours. But I would, if I had to do like a solid number, I'd put it at four out of ten. There's definitely time restraints. Yeah, uh, I barely laughed. Besides Korg, Taika's greatest Torg. Korg. Sorry. Uh, and I'm glad Korg found a male sex lover. That was good. Mustache, your rock man. That did get me. I will, uh, yeah, I will admit. Um, I want to talk about Valkyrie. She's boring. Uh, and cringy. It was the same as Ragnarok. Well, they what they tried to do was actually add more to a character in this movie. But I will like, also note I don't like Tessa Thompson. She's good in like. I hear she's good in Creed. I haven't seen those movies yeah. yet, but I, I she's really so. good in the movie Passing, with uh, directed by Rebecca Hall. She's like excellent in that movie. I think she's great in it. So like, just give her the right script because this wasn't it yeah. at all. Yeah. This was not that's, it. That's, they, you know, they try to do the whole all oh, Valkyrie's sad because her she, she watched her entire family die on the battlefield, but you know they never it just kind of just disappears. And then she's like, oh, I have to protect the kingdom, or you have to go alone. But she also wants to go on the battlefield anyway. It's like, just go. Yeah, that was definitely forced. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, I, I wanted to see more of her as king, too. Yeah, there was like the two scenes near the beginning. Because, and then it's just yeah. action stuff. They didn't have enough Christian Bale at all. For, yeah, for the god butcher, he didn't, He's he didn't in it kill for, at all. I can name all of his scenes... Like, with only a couple of fingers, alright? His opening scene, where his daughter dies and he kills the god, when he shows up to Asgard to wreck shop, the scene where he walks in on the kids and, like, kills that creature, when they fight him on the moon, or I guess like the shadow Terminate. realm or whatever. Yeah, that made me laugh. I know that was so <laughs> dumb. And then, um, when like the really long scene with him at the end with Thor, and then the scene where he brought back his daughter. So like six scenes, maybe seven, depending on how much you want to count, like the final battle. But yeah, like six scenes in the entire. And I think that's a waste of Christian Bale and his talents. Well, maybe it was too expensive. Yeah, that's probably what it was. To be honest. Well, then why get him in the first place? Just get a random Joe to show. To get money. 
Because they'd be like, ooh, Christian Bale is playing this guy called God, Gore the God Butcher that I totally have knowledge about right now. That I'm not reading the wiki I, as we speak. Yep. I love when people online are like, oh, yeah, this is, like, one of my favorite characters, you know, but they say that about every character that gets a new property. Like, when they said that about Kamala Khan, they're like, oh, my God, this is my favorite new character. Okay. I've been reading it for years, and it's like, have you, though? Yeah. Have you just, yeah. like, 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 looked up a Marvel more. wiki two seconds ago and read a synopsis? Like, but, uh, I don't know. I, I was going to read the, the God Butcher arc before, but I decided not to. So I just watched a YouTuber just read over it, you know, the, those kinds of videos. Oh, so it's like yeah. about as long as if you actually read it? Pretty much, yeah. Did you look at the visuals? Or was that yeah, there were visuals. Yeah, there was visuals. Okay. Yeah, it, I, I couldn't say if I, like, because I didn't read it, but I would say it was interesting in concept. And Gore, as conceptually, would be a good character to a Thor movie, but... I think having both the Jane Foster arc and the Gore arc ruined both, I feel like. Because if it was just a Gore movie, you can get more fleshed out. That would be cool to see him as a villain and get his like redemption at the end, and it would feel more earned. Especially with like the Romancer sword, which isn't even a symbiote anymore, which is a shame. Wanted to see Venom. <laughs> but then, like, they did the Jane Foster arc really poorly because she, like, didn't have enough like, yeah. time to, like, transition from Jane to Thor. She just shows up well-trained as Thor. She's, like, flying around the Earth. And it's like, wait, you know how to fly now? <laughs> Like, what? What I was confused about was, so, I personally don't think Jane is worthy. I'm sorry. But, did, did, did he just put the spell on her to protect Jane? Is that why she's worthy? Because, like, I don't think she's worthy because she, uh... Has cancer. No, not because she has cancer, <laughs> but, like... I don't know. I thought someone who would be worthy would be willing to accept their death, but... Maybe. But, yet again, it's... I feel like... Am, ambiguous as to what makes someone worthy. Yeah, and then she's also getting killed by it because she's mortal. Why wasn't she worthy before? Couldn't tell ya. <laughs> Couldn't tell ya. The thing that annoys me most is when I think back to Thor the Dark World when uh, Thor put his hammer on a coat rack and it just sat there. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Instead of, you know, having the weight that it should and just go through several floors of an apartment complex, it just sat on a coat rack. So why all of a sudden is Stormbreaker the key? Is it because it has the bi- the? I seriously bi don't know why the center of the universe can only be unlocked by the Bifrost. Yeah, it was the Bifrost. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Which only as Guardians have. Why only give one type of god access? How give every god or no god access to the center Why did of the he universe. kill all the gods before? Why didn't he just go after Asgard first? I, I know, or like, couldn't he just... Like, he lives in the shadows, right? So, like, if he knew about the Asgardians, just take Mjolnir and shove it into the center and then kill all gods when they're not looking. Just... They no. just die. <laughs> they just die. Also, Thor giving a bunch of children that can't act powers was really annoying. Yeah, that was annoying. 
like in theory a child shooting lightning out of a teddy bear could be fun but i didn't even enjoy that scene like i know taika was trying to one up what he did with ragnarok but like the emotional aspects and the humor like just didn't work as much as his other films yeah i was also kind of disappointed with the would say aesthetic but like uh i wanted more heavy metal i thought the heavy metal or rock that he was going with with the first one was really good so like the kind of the first like it fits with vikings because big strong men yeah right i mean like the the ragnarok was more of like an ode to led zeppelin well this film is more of an ode to guns and roses because they three like they play like two separate songs from theirs multiple times. So it's definitely an ode to them. But now I'm really not excited to see if they continue on with another Thor film. Because I think by this point it's going to do well. And they're going to want to make a second trilogy instead of just the next Thor. Yeah, to be honest, I do want to see another Thor. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I just don't. It sucks that I'm about to say this, but I don't want it to be with Taika. Or at least as a writer. Yeah, he has too much going on. Maybe it's because they were he was stuck with the Guardians, and he also maybe had to do stuff with Jane. I think Ragnarok worked so well because it was like simplified. You had the arc on Asgard. You had the arc with Thor and the ragtag crew. Getting off the anus planet. Devil's anus. Devil's anus. And going to defeat Hela. Like, it was very simple, straightforward, and it was a comedy. But here, it's like, oh, we gotta beat up Russell Crowe to get a thing, which doesn't even help in the end. And then, oh, I can give children powers. Oh, and my lady friend has cancer. Also, Christian Bale wants to kill everything. And it's, like, too much. It just gets very involving too quickly. Uh, so... Four out of ten. That's it just kind of ends too, like the, like I know. the show, like like the show is. They've, it's like the movie was made for Disney Plus. <laughs> and then when the ending was, their duo name is Love and Thunder. I rolled my eyes. Oh, I actually like that, but <laughs> I, I rolled okay. my eyes at that. I was I like, yikes! Like good actually, lord, that child like that. can't act. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she can't act. And, like, what are her powers? She just shoots lasers out of her eyes? Gordon do that? How does she do that? Well, because they said she's a child of eternity, so she's, like, 20 or 22. So she can just fuck shit up? Yeah, maybe she's, like, a god or something. She can literally destroy the universe if she wants? Yeah, yeah. I want to see that movie. (laughs) Daddy Thor having to stop God Child. That's that's why, because I think... Chris Hemsworth does have playing as Thor because what this movie did signify for me was the roles from the previous Marvel movies, you know, Phase One, Two, Three. Yeah, absolutely perfect casting, and they can never replace anyone with anyone. New else. casting, debatable. Old casting is pretty great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Are we done with Thor? Yeah, I think so. I, I think I'm done with Thor. All right. I I uh. I'm going to quickly go over two more movies I saw. Uh, so I saw the new Elvis. I'm not a huge fan of his. I've seen, I've heard a couple of his songs, um, the, the more popular ones. 
I know my grandpa loves him. He has like a bunch of albums, a bunch of books. He even has like a custom poster with Elvis in his garage. So like he loves Elvis. I don't think he would like this movie at all. <laughs> because it's not like actual songs like Bohemian Rhapsody that they play. It's updated modern versions of the songs yeah, that wanna, sound really bad. <laughs> that meathead who decided to do that needs to be fired, fired <laughs> absolutely. from every project because <laughs> that is absolutely disrespectful to Elvis. Yeah, we'll just get a bunch of pop stars to ruin the soundtrack. I, I yeah, I don't like it when other artists cover or like, it. Well, when, sometimes it's good. When but. the one song that I know from him becomes an like like a rap song, I don't want to hear that. That's stupid. Oh no! Did they did did, did they ruin um? Oh fuck! <laughs> well, either way, I don't know a lot of the artists that did the renditions. I just know that it sounded bad. That's all I can say. So it's which is it like is it like the TikTok covers? Like, have you ever heard like a TikTok cover of a? popular song from like the 60s or something oh but like it's got like trap music behind yeah, it. yeah it's like yeah. slowed down it's and like oh it's yeah. sort of like that but it's actually like sped up because a lot of yeah, what yeah, this movie yeah. a lot of what this movie does because of the director boz lerman he loves maximalism if you've seen like moulin rouge not the play like his film adaptation it's very in your face it's very like, oh my god, I'm going to cut every other second, or half a second. I'm going to cut from Elvis wiggling on stage to... That's good editing. To, to women throwing their bikinis at him, to Tom Hanks staring blankly at the camera, to a bunch of lights, and then it'll go to like a split-screen mode, and it'll have like Elvis on the right, and then on the left, there's like a top left and a bottom left, and it'll like keep swapping panels and shit. Like that's him. That's the director's style. It's just weird, nonsensical shit for editing. And it's like it, it kept me engaged. It made a two-hour and forty-minute movie feel like two hours, which I think worked in that, was that sense. for me. <laughs> like, even though Minions is like an hour and 20 minutes, <laughs> it felt like three hours. Um, but yeah, so one thing I come to expect from these biopics is the lead performance is going to be phenomenal, and the rest of it is going to be give or take. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, Rami Malek's good. They don't fuck up the songs, and it sounds good, but like the editing is bad. I mean, the costumes are kind of cool. But, like, yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody sort of is, like, mid. Rocket Man's great. Uh, Respect, the Aretha Franklin movie, was god-awful. I literally, this was, like, the one time in a theater I've ever wanted to leave. I, I literally, like, rolled my seat down on my recliner about to leave. But then I thought about it. I'm like, I spent money on this. I want to stick it through. But it was so awful. I was like, I, I hate I regretted it. It was a two and a half hour long movie that could have been like an hour and a half. 
But one thing, and I can say that was good, was Jennifer Hudson. So, like, every single time I go into, like, a music biopic, it's the person in the lead is going to be fantastic. And that's no difference here. Uh, Austin Butler is great. I think he's a newcomer, or, like, near a newcomer. Yeah, he doesn't have, he wasn't in that much from when I last checked. Yeah, I think he had, like, a role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't even remember yes, what that was, but that was a credit he has. Uh, but, yeah, he was great in it. He nailed the mannerisms, the voice. When they added makeup to him, he looked really close to Elvis. Like, shockingly close. He was, like, perfect for the role. Tom Hanks, though. <laughs> Tom Hanks, though, I think is the complete opposite. I think Tom Hanks sucks. <laughs> He's in a fat suit that makes him look worse. He's He's got, like, a really stupid accent. Do you think he's been the same since Forrest Gump? Yes! He, like, outside of, like, Toy Story, but even then that's debatable, you know? I think he just, he doesn't do enough. Like, he has, yeah, and he's, like, limping around, he has a cane, and he calls himself the snowman. <laughs> and, like... He's like, the snowman, oh, like, the snow will always rain. Like, oh my god, kill me. The cum man. <laughs> the cum man. Oh. It's so awful. So when's the next uh, biopic on the Beatles, right? With uh... That's actually happening? I know uh, the no. next one. <laughs> oh. I know the next one is a Whitney Houston biopic. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming out um, in December, I think. And it's also a newcomer. So, guess what's going to happen? She's going to be great, but the rest of the movie's going to fucking suck. <laughs> I'm telling you, The Beatles is next. Well, Beatles like, is coming here's, up. Here's the one Dwayne music the biopic. Johnson. There's actually a couple I haven't seen. There's one on David Bowie on, <laughs> on Hulu that no one saw, and I didn't see, but apparently it's, like, bad, so I'm not sure if I want to. There's the... Uh, the John C. Riley one, the Dewey Cox story. I hear oh, that's yeah. like the best music biopic period, and that's like one of the first ones, which makes sense because <laughs> they like defined a formula. You know, I really like Walk the Line. That's the Johnny Cash one. Um, what else? He, uh, there's gonna be. Well, there was one on the Beach Boys. In 2015, that here is like excellent. We could just get a Beatles one starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson as John Lennon. Oh, Michael Sarah! Oh my god, oh. going casting? What? Oh. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Honestly, Michael Sarah in anything is great. <laughs> yeah, um, even that movie that keeps showing off in the theater, the karate dog thing. Oh, Legends of Hank? <laughs> Legends of Hank! That looks awful, but also great, because Michael Sarah. <laughs> oh, nobody's going to watch that. Nope, I'm not watching it. I'm going to be watching Nope instead, like a week later. <laughs> I'm not going to find out. Um, but yeah, Elvis, like the Maximalist style, like Austin Butler, the rest kind of sucks. Four out of ten. Then, I watched Jurassic World Dominion. Um, I'm not going to say much. Bryce Dallas Howard, kind of thick. <laughs> uh, two and a half out of ten, or if I had to... Rank it or like rate it up three out of ten. Her father kind of thick though, 
through that hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, Ron Howard. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, did you watch anything else? Or is there all you got? I mean, I watched Drive with my mom. This is like your fourth time watching Drive? Yeah, this is my fourth time watching Drive. I still love it. She actually enjoyed it. I I didn't expect it, but surprisingly. But I did I did watch a romance movie with her because I'm like, you know, it's romance. So I watched Blue Valentine. That's it's, a romance? Yeah. It's not a movie to watch with your parents. There's that makes like sense. Constant banging. So when I started my uh, Paul Thomas Anderson marathon, I thought Boogie Nights was going to be about disco. Yeah. And then when I watch it, it's only porn. It is only porn. <laughs> And so I'm like, I'm glad I didn't watch this with my parents, like I kind of wanted to, and because like I didn't know anything about it. So I'm like, I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know anything about Blue Valentine. I just thought it because uh, I knew it was Ryan Gosling. But of course, when I watched it, you know, of course, it it's a romance. It's a romance. But when I watched it with my mom, all of a sudden, oh, they're banging. It's like, oh, that's, that's a great. nice wallpaper <laughs> right there. Look at that. You see the fine detail in that popcorn ceiling? Wow. I can make out some shapes up there. Look at that. Yeah, it was, uh, but it was a really solid movie. I, I, uh, so what's the other Ryan Gosling movie that? The Notebook? That he directed. Because he's making Wolfman with Ryan Gosling, too. Oh, that guy. Yeah. I'll look it up, but yeah, yeah. keep talking yeah. about Wolfman. Well, um, so it switches between Dad dad uh ryan gosling and his daughter and then his wife and then it switches to every time they get in an argument because their relationships like falling apart it switches back to when they first met when they were young dumb and stupid sure and i really like that because it's like oh shit like i want them to go back to what they were a nice happy couple and then when you just see the relationship just get worse worse and worse it's like mm, it kind of makes you feel bad at the end it's like Damn, if that's what all relationships are like, I kind of don't want that. That's kind of, well, I mean, there's a lot, uh, I was about to say marriage stories similar to that, but like not really, Yeah. from what it sounds like. In terms of like, at the end, are they still like in love with each other, but like they know they can't be with each other? Is like that how it ends? Or how does Blue Valentine end? Uh, well, Blue Valentine, um, so uh, yeah, basically Ryan Gosling shows up drunk at the... His wife's work, she works as a nurse, as a nurse, because she just left him sleeping in a hotel, because they were like, big night, you know, for their anniversary. I don't think it was for their anniversary, but just to, you know, try and get get together, you know, try and make up for everything. Because he wants, he wants to still be with her, he wants to have what they used to have, but she just kind of like, she doesn't treat him with respect at all. So it tries to frame, the movie tries to frame them both as problems in, you know, they're both the problem in the relationship. Because, like, Ryan Gosling is a good dad, but she's a bad mom. She's a, I, I would say she's a, she's a better wife than he is a husband. Okay. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. it has that dynamic. Because he's a, he's a fucking loser in the movie. Yeah. So, the, sorry, I'm going to a successful career. The, the other movie is The Place Beyond the Oh, Pines. yeah, that, that's what I'm watching next. Yeah, Derek Cena France. Yeah. Yeah. He actually did a miniseries called I Know This Much Is True with uh, Mark Ruffalo, which is very good. It's based off of a book that I have not read and refused to read. <laughs> yeah, I, 
I'm excited that maybe excited for Wolfman, and I got I, which I will have, never come out because it's Universal. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, I think he's a. It was very solid. I probably won't watch it again because it was fucking depressing. Well, like the movie when you were watching it. Was it like, yeah, it was it was really solid. I I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. So any TV shows, or can we skip that? I haven't watched a TV show since Community, like, two <laughs> years ago. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, like, one that I liked, I should oh, say. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> one that yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, I could watch that again. Sure. But, like, you've seen the Marvel stuff, even though you didn't really like some of them. Yeah, some of them were good, but it's like, I'm not going to go back to them. Like, Loki. You would go back to it? No, I won't. I won't oh. go back to but Loki. But you'll watch season two, though. Yeah, you no, no, prob- no. Yeah. Top, the the Wowster. Owen oh Wilson. yeah, probably <laughs> then. Owen Wilson. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I I started the behind the scenes Marvels assembled. I'm only on the first episode right now, but it's kind of cool how they did the lighting effects. So on certain like film cameras back in the day, to get a certain color, you had to like like go darker on your clothes. Oh, and yeah, since yeah. Vision is a red person. To get that color, they had to paint him blue, and it looks like red on the camera, which I think is a very nice detail. And apparently, the creatives like actually talked to like Dick Van Dyke, like before they started filming, because they wanted to get that authentic like fifties, sixties sort of filming style right. And they actually had like a forty-person crowd watching the first two episodes. Oh yeah, I remember hearing about that. Yeah. Which is awesome. I think they could have just put in canned laughter, but to like actually go out of their way to record like authentic like laugh track shit is awesome. And WandaVision's for me personally one of the better Marvel shows that's out right now, of the few that are out. So I, I think that made me appreciate the technical stuff more. It's kind of funny because the first two episodes, I think, in my opinion, are some of the best Marvel content you can get. Yeah, I think so too. But like, they, the rest is like they they don't talk about like the writers' room. They don't talk about well. Maybe I just have to get through the rest of the episode. It's like an hour long. I only have seen yeah. Like I want I want to I want to see every single person in the writers' room. I want to see what they look like. I want to know their IP address. <laughs> I want to know their location. I want to. Yeah, I'm, wait, not gonna, I'm not threatening them. I don't. Yeah, whoa, they're overworked, and I'm sure the VFX artists. Yeah. Like they don't, they don't talk about like the third act. They talk about the first act. It's kind of sus. <laughs> I know, but like the first act is so good in that show. So it's like it's cool to learn about that. But I want to learn about everything else. You know, I want to learn about everything else. I, I, but that's all people talk about. Marvel shows, if you really notice. It's true. Like, after the show came out, I should say. Oh, like, yeah. Except for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. No one talks about that, ever. You I can do better, Standard. <laughs> Good. I saw that you dropped that to a one. Yeah, I did. I did, because I saw, I saw I had it I had it on my lowest, on my MCU ranked, on Letterboxd, and like, why did I give it a four? So I just dropped it to a one. See, I, I think I'll keep it at a four because Anthony Mackie does try and I know Sebastian Stan does it's just the writing 
If it weren't for the writing, they would have, like, excelled. And it sucks that they're bringing them back for Captain America 4. But I do think Anthony Mackie, like, tries. And I gotta give him some credit for that. But, like, the... Sh- like, and also, U.S. Agent's so good! <laughs> yeah, he is. Wyatt Russell's so good! Yes, I'm, I'm excited to see all three of them again. Maybe, possibly. Well, you'll definitely see U.S. Agent in Thunderbolts, which I'll probably never watch. Because I'm like, yeah, PSA, after Guardians 3, I'm done with Marvel. And I think Hunter over here agrees. Uh, I might not even really tune in that much until Guardians 3, to be honest. Because yeah, yeah. I'm not watching Black Panther. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I think Moon Knight was the, the final, final nail for shows, yeah. Yeah, it was like, I mean, I liked Moon Knight, but like. See, I want to see Miss Marvel, because I've read some of her comics. Not everything. I'm not a mega fan, unlike the internet, which would. Yeah, the internet's a mega fan now that the show's out, so. Yeah. Everyone So, like, I would watch that, but they changed her power set, and now she's knocked off Green Lantern, and that's really frustrating. And so now I just feel disheartened to watch it. I, I did see, I did see one clip of the show like the only clip that i've seen of the show like it looked really it looks really heartwarming like it looks like a show that you would turn on for your kids but like just don't want to watch it that's fair there's no like by this point marvel like keeps trying to spread itself and try to be unique and creative by the way there's uh air quotes when i'm saying these but every single time it falls short or nearly every single time there's because only of the two... messy third act? Yeah, they, they inflate it too much. See, I forgot who said this quote, but it was Seth MacFarlane. Here, when he's doing the Orville right now. He brought it, He was able to bring it back for a third yeah. season for Hulu. No, I thought Disney was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah Disney wanted definitely. more Orville, but now there's season three on Hulu. And he said something about, like, you can't keep to a strict schedule for writing. Because when they were forced to do like 13 episodes a season, they were struggling with some of the ideas. But he said art shouldn't be forced to a certain time constraint. Art should be allowed to be as short or as long as needed to create the best story possible. And coming from fucking Seth MacFarlane, I find that insane. But I think that's one of the truest quotes we can use right now. Because Marvel refuses to do this. Yeah. Every single Marvel show, except for WandaVision, is six episodes, 300 minutes total, and it's bloated, or there's not enough explained, even they have enough time to do so. I think they're, they're, they're just, I think Disney in general is just struggling right now within, in terms of writing. I don't think it's Marvel or whoever's ahead at Marvel or whoever's ahead at Lucasfilm. I don't want to blame Feige. I definitely don't want to blame Kennedy. She gets too much shade. Yeah. I want to blame that CEO. I forgot his name. Bob Chapek. Bob Chapek. There yeah. you go. Wait. I thought Bob. Oh, that was Bob, Bobby Kodak. Activism. Yeah. It's yeah. not Bob Iger. Yeah. The, the, the body. Or just say the executives are the definitely executive. forcing these tight deadlines. Yeah. Well, and it's sadly the world that we live in. We'll be. See, that's why I like stuff like HBO. It'll take like three years to get another season, but it's probably the best goddamn season you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. Or like... No, well, they canceled the race by Wolves. I heard a lot 
That's well, yeah, that's true. But like they they uh, announced that season two for our uh, flag means death is finally happening. I should say everyone should watch it. It's so good. <laughs> oh yeah, and Superman and Lois is apparently really good. I'm not gonna watch it, but yeah, like apparently I... Superman's good on TV, but shitty in movies. Imagine that. <laughs> well, I mean. You'd think that they probably have more necks breathing down their neck for movies, but and they had a shitty director attached. No, whatever. Zack Snyder fans <laughs> are mad about it, but he's not good. Sorry. Anyway, yeah. So we'll we'll transition to video games. I'm not. You'll probably go on a bit of a spiel. Or, well, yeah, I guess I'm. I'm playing the Star Wars MMO, uh, the Old Republic. I love Knights of the Old Republic, as you can tell by my thing and Knights of the Old Republic too. And I have the shrine. Um but uh when I first played I just did the class story, the generic one that everyone chooses, the Jedi Knight. I'm gonna try and do all all eight of them, but like there's so many fucking DLCs I'm just gonna do one run with my main one and then just do all the side stories with all the other characters. But my main one, the Jedi Knight. The main story itself is Okay. Okay. But the DLCs. Yeah, the, I mean, the so the story, the main story is very Star Wars-esque. You know, you're a Jedi Knight, you build up and you have to fight the evil bad Emperor, Darth Vitiate, the Immortal. He's been around for thousands of years. This or is hundreds of years. Now, right? No, it's, it's not canon anymore. He's been around for hundreds of years, and the once great Darth Revan once tried to fight him, but he sadly wasn't able to. But then you finally beat him, and then... The next DLC starts after that, called The Rise of the Hot Cartel, which is where, like, a planet's going to explode and you have to get people off. I did the Republic side. I don't know what the Emperor side is, what Empire side is like, but... You, you have destroy to, it. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, you destroy shoot it. off in a rocket. It's it's a fuel war, you know? It's like, it feels like a small story in a large galaxy, which I really appreciate. But then things really kick off with uh, Knights of the Fallen Throne, where it introduces a little entire civilization way out that's more highly advanced than them that worship alien uh machine gods like it's uh and the, the, the machine gods are seem very inspired by um metropolis uh, as it should as it like should. like i like it's very copy and paste at least oh, the man. main robot lady is uh but yeah it, plagiarism the the first part it's split up in two parts but the first part is really interesting you find out that the emperor for that empire is actually the empire emperor from that one from from the previous story but if you oh. didn't do the jedi knight story and you're doing it on like a trooper story where you're just an average trooper doesn't make any sense because you never met him so it's like a twist that doesn't matter to yeah you? to okay. you so you have to play it on a specific one which i can like feel like it's kind of stupid but you kill him off within like the first like Five minutes of the DLC, cool. he dies, but he like is inside your head or something, that kind of shit. But so is that as far as you've gotten? Or? No, there I got a little bit farther. And then his son takes over, and you have to take down his son. But then the next DLC, you can either you know you can either kill the son or like redeem him or whatever. His daughter takes over, and she's more powerful. The story is awful in that one. In the second one, Knights of the Eternal, Knights of the Fallen. I don't fucking remember. <laughs> yeah, Knights of the something. The Knights of the something. <laughs> and yeah, they, yeah, that one was awful. It was boring. But then the, 
Oh, I also skipped the other DLC, Shadow of Revan. Is that one boring? That I mean, one's you not skipped good. Over yeah, it. that <laughs> one's that one's not. I'm so I know a lot of fans like it, but like, it's literally just fan service. I'm just kind of injected there. Sure. That's when you find out the Emperor's still alive because Darth Revan turns out to be alive, and he's like, "I gotta kill the Emperor." So what he wants to do is like destroy an entire like. He wants to make a big sacrifice by murdering millions of people, thousands of people, millions of people to resurrect the Empire Emperor just so he can kill him again. What? <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> That's not smart. Because he's split up in two personalities because his mind was fucked so much. So, like, there's the light side, but then the dark side is just so fueled with the range that that's the only thing that's still alive is just his, oh, okay. his evilness. Sure. But, yeah. And then the third, yeah, the third DLC, what was that one? Oh yeah, it's the one I'm on, Onslaught, where it finally picks up and it's actually getting pretty good and ties up loose ends from previous stories. And is there more after this, or is this where the DLCs end? No, it's still going on. I still have to play Legacy of the Sith. So, like, how many left do you have? I still have Legacy of the Sith that I'm going oh, through right it. now. That's the newest one. Yeah. How long ago was that? Did that come out? Uh, 2021, uh, summer shit. 2021, yeah. It's oh been going God. on for a while. I'm surprised it's still being supported, but they're probably going to cut support because of the rumored Mandalorian MMO. Which, which is dumb. I mean, I'd much rather play because, like, I, I mean, so the thing I appreciate about Star Wars The Old, well, Star Wars The Old Republic has a huge identity crisis. Like, the first half of the game, it's like, oh, you can do this with all your friends. And then once when you get more towards the other DLCs, it's very story-focused. And it's not really, like, social. Okay. It's more Bioware-ish. Sure. Yeah. Because it's uh, Bioware? Because it's Bioware. So, they have the, this MMO, which probably doesn't have a lot of people working on it. No, no. It takes, like, three years for them to come out with, like, a small DLC. Nice. Yeah. So, has it been around since, like, the 2000s? Yeah. Like so they they started when it was in the dense, uh, when Lucas was being bought out by Disney, I think. Oh, that was, was right when it was happening. Yeah, because they had another DLC called Star Wars Galaxies, where you could literally be anyone you want. But then they had to cancel it because of the merger. Because of the because yeah, they wanted a they were they wanted a new MMO, so then they like just got rid of it, and a lot of people were pissed. Most people are still around today. There's a lot of different kinds of fans today, you know? Yeah, I don't want to get into Star Wars fans, because I'm really fucking fucked up. There, you know, this is a bit of a side rant, but, like, you know those videos online of, like, theater reactions to, like, stuff that happens? I don't know if this is real or not, but there was some footage that came out that I saw. It was a screening of The Empire Strikes Back in the 80s and this dude brought like in like a camcorder or it looked like a camcorder and he recorded the reactions of the people of uh darth vader revealing that he was luke's father and a lot of it like you, like because it it probably had awful audio like you couldn't pick up a lot you could hear enough, like, <gasps> like gasps, or, like, there was, like, a guy next to the person filming who was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, like that's, that's, because Star Wars didn't really take off yet. It was just kind of, like, I wouldn't say it really took off until after the movies came out. But I thought the first one popped off. It did pop off. It made a 
It was of wasn't it the highest movie. grossing film so far? Like one I, of yeah. I'm sorry, but of. I do not think Jaws was is like like it was may have might have been like the first blockbuster, but I think Star Wars like defined blockbusters. And then like that same year, they Forever. also had Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which was also huge, and was another mega blockbuster, and that sort of kicked off the trend that we're still in today. Except back then. Indie movies also still did well, and now they don't really, which sucks. But you know what? Yeah. That doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't matter. And even when you tell someone, hey, you should go watch this movie, they're like, is that like a Marvel movie or something? <laughs> or like when I tried explaining to my dad everything everywhere all at once, he thought it was like connected to something, because everything is connected to something now. And I'm like, no, it's its own thing. It's its own multiverse movie. And then he's like, this is too goddamn confusing for Jesus. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel that. It got confusing really quick. But yeah, as I was saying, I thought it was, this might have been fake. You can fake anything now. But I mean, if that was real, the footage, it would have been really cool. I don't know how you would have lugged that in <laughs> and gotten away with well, it. Let me just, but... thinking about people's react, because that, that's iconic in cinema, but like, just thinking about the reaction sometimes gives me chills. The reaction people might have had oh, just like then. like Or like, oh. he was like, or like a child was like 10 when the first one came out, and now they're a teenager. Yeah. And just the mind-blown moment. Like, he's watched the first one, like, hundreds of times on VHS. And then, and then he goes in like, to see the second one opening night. Maybe even before opening night, you know? Like, the Thursday screening. And he's just like, yeah, he waited in line. Shocked. Cosplay. And then he yeah. like goes to school the next day, and he's trying not to spoil it for people who are like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go see it Saturday or whatever." And this kid is just like, "Holy shit! Holy yeah, shit!" Yeah, his mind shit. is blown. And that dude grew up to be Craig. And Empire Strikes <laughs> Back is still his favorite movie of all time. Who's and he's Craig? Who's the, Craig? The, the kid who grew up. He, he now oh, lives oh, in his like name's a. Craig now? He okay. lives in a neighborhood. He's a grandchild on the way. Yeah, he just lives a nice, happy life, and Empire is still his favorite movie of all time. And his second favorite's Die Hard. Yeah, that doesn't matter. Yeah, though. <laughs> yeah we don't. We don't talk about no, that. Right no, 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 no. Um, but yeah, is that the video game stuff you got? Yeah, I haven't really been playing anything else. I, my schedule is, I do a run or two of Hades, and then I play an hour and a half of House Flipper. That's been my schedule for like a month. <laughs> and um, that's the schedule I'll continue to be on. Because Hades is great, and House Flipper is great. And I might play uh, some Sims on my laptop at night. But outside of that, it's just yeah. Hades and Sims is House the Flipper. kind of game I go to. I've got like nothing else to play. Yeah, I mean like, it's one of the only games I have on my laptop right now. I still gotta download some more that I want. I also want a mouse. I got a mouse, but, like, the wireless one, so the USB for it that it comes with that you plug in, no, I no. immediately lost it. <laughs> like, two minutes later, after I opened the package, I'm like, where the fuck did this go? So now I can't use that mouse. So I have to get a new mouse. Yeah, Sims, you're, you're going to not have fun while... Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it's manageable, but I feel like a mouse is going to be a saving. Um, and I'm sorry, but we're guys, so, like, Sims is not fun if you're just dressing people up. Yeah, I'm more of a, 
helping people on their careers or like oh. building the family stuff. Because like I I, I oh, yeah. hate building the house. Yeah. Like if I need more room, I'll just grab one of the pre-made rooms and just slap it on. <laughs> and I'm, even if it doesn't fit any aesthetic, I'm like I don't <laughs> give a shit. I just want a bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> just, or like oh I have a toddler now I need a toddler room yeah, so I just pre-purchase a toddler room. That's why Sims is very like. It's like, oh, girls only play Sims, but... I mean, like, I have... Um, so I started as... I, I started off as myself, but I couldn't move anyone from house to house when I... In The Sims, not in real life, but in The Sims when I was, uh, like, married to some lady. Uh, I forgot the lady's name already. <laughs> like a week. But, um... Did you live in the desert town by any chance? No, I lived in the the, the casual. Oh yeah, the, the generic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but the the check mark would never show up when trying to move houses. Like you can transfer money, but you can never like check yeah. mark it. So I had to shut down the game completely, and like a day later, I came back to it, and it's been there ever since. But by that point, I just started a new generic character. John Button? No, uh, so her name's Samantha. Samantha Button. Samantha Button, and she is Lesbo, the black lady called Esmeralda. 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 See, this is the shit you gotta do. You gotta role play in the sense. I know. And then she, because, you know, they're Lesbo. Uh, and you can't go to a doctor unless you buy the DLC that allows the oh doctor my God, career. So fucking DLCs. So, um, I am not going to purchase any of the DLCs, so I just bought a child online. <laughs> um, oh yeah, that's right. It showed up on my doorstep like a stork, and then um, that um, I wanted a toddler because I I I know like in real life if I adopted someone I'd probably adopt it like seven or. But in the game, I wanted, like, a baby for them to, like, grow up with. So, um, the child's name is Christopher, and it's the only boy in the house. <laughs> it's <laughs> the only boy in the house. Uh, well, it, it was. So then I got, uh, there's the generic goth family. Oh, yeah, so, the goth yeah, family. Esmeralda became really good friends with the daughter, Cassandra. Because they, they were at the gym, because uh, Esmeralda is a 10-level fitness. So... <laughs> <laughs> You've been grinding. No, like, that's what she oh, came oh, with. She, yeah, yeah, she, she just automatic <laughs> 10 fitness. So, yeah, she met Cassandra Goth, the generic character, at the gym. And they became, like, mega best friends. And so I'm like, yo, can I just bring her to my house? And then it turns out I could... And I was also able to steal like fifty thousand dollars from the Goth family. <laughs> so let's go. I'm gonna bankrupt you. So it's I, mine. I don't know if you knew, but in The Sims 4, none of the other Sims games, but like, if you create a same character on that same exact save, they'll all just grow up. Yeah, they'll grow up too. Even if you're playing as another family, they'll grow up too. Oh, really? Yeah. So like. Also, if you're playing, like, as that family, the goth family will eventually get old and die. Wow. Like, there's actual simulation, but, yeah, just just something to Interesting. keep in mind. Sure. 
just in case you get too attached to a family, and you're like, where'd they go? And it's like, dead. oh shit, they're dead. Because <laughs> you run across their grandchild or something. You're like, what? Um, so, um, Samantha, the main character, is a level 5 writer, and That's she self-published at first, but now she can, like, actually publish. Um, Esmeralda is a starting athlete. I didn't really know what to pick for her career, but I'm like, she is a 10-level fitness. Yeah, that, no, that's... I think yeah. athlete is probably the best bet in this. Yeah. Um, so I sent her to athlete. Um, Christopher is a toddler, so he has no job. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you can't force your child to get a job? <laughs> it's just you not enough. For- <laughs> you can't force two-year-old to commit child labor? What? Well, it's, wasn't it like The Sims 2 where you could, like, Force your cats to have jobs. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, be, they could read newspapers and they could like get cat jobs. Oh my god! Stuff. It was so funny. Let's go. I'm telling you, The Sims Two is the perfect Sims game. Uh, probably. Um, and then Cassandra, she was in high school when she moved in, so her job was school. But um, I didn't know what to pick for her really. She was like average at everything. So I'm like, I want to do something cool. So now she's a secret agent. (laughs) (laughs) Just a secret agent. And then when she got her boyfriend, who has now just moved in, that's the fifth member of the family, and working with just the tiny little fucking mouse pad is a pain in the ass to control five people. Um, He was older than her, but like not by much. He, He was still like a young adult. Um... But he didn't have a job either, so I was really tempted to put him in criminal. (laughs) 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 To go from secret agent to criminal. Ooh, we're getting some real roleplay here. (laughs) But then I was like, I, I imagined this generic white guy in my head, in a business suit, I'm like, oh my god, this is a fucking financial expert in a heartbeat. So now he, um, he's a business major. Um, just like lock him in like a like a tiny little <laughs> square for eternity. <laughs> I actually like trying to keep my people alive. Um, so yeah, I've been adding a bunch of random rooms to my house because originally. It, it's like a decent-sized house, right? But you just zoom out, it's just a monstrosity. Is that what it is? No, I've added, like, I've added, like, four more rooms, but, like, there's, like, a space in the middle of all the rooms because I didn't line them up properly. So now there's, like, a bunch of doors that lead to nothing. It's like the Winchester Mansion. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Or, like, it'll destroy half of another room, so I have to, like, delete it and then rebuild it, and then shit's a pain in the ass. So I'm just like, I'm done. (laughs) I'm just gonna let it exist the way it is. So, yeah. That's that's my gaming schedule. That's The Sims. Hades slaps. Straight up. This is a sidetrack. Hades is so good. I got... To the end, when I got to like the the, the surface, and it was like snowy or whatever, 
And I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna have to fight Hades, aren't I? And then there's Hades in a giant crown. He's got a cape and shit. I'm like, oh I'm my god. Say mech suit first. Oh my god. Literally, the final weapon you unlock is a gun. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I was not expecting that in Greek mythology. It like they give it a Greek name, but like he says, I'm out of ammo when he's out of ammo. So like, there's ammunition and guns. <laughs> Greek mythology story. And it's like out of place, but it's kind of funny. Maybe that's why I didn't win Game of the Year. Because there was a gun in it. There was a gun in it. No, that's why Last of Us won. Because it was guns. Oh. <laughs> it's silly. <laughs> also gay, but we don't talk about that. Dragon Age Inquisition didn't have guns. Oh, but it was really gay. They like it gay. In their, in their games. Scott of War gay? Uh, the... Uh, no. I always thought that was a very bro game. No, Red Dead is a very bro game. Oh my god. If you have any homosexuals playing Red Dead, or GTA for that matter, they're gonna be in for some shit. <laughs> for yeah, sure. Yeah. Rock, Rockstar will just... It's just time to ruin your day, you know? <laughs> um. So yeah, that's my gaming schedule. Um, schedule. So, yeah, that took an hour, but that's the media portion. We might do this every week. Hopefully it's not an hour long each time, but, um, yeah, that's uh, what we wanted to start with. Um, so what do you think we should uh, hop into next? Yeah. Anything you want to really talk about? No. No. All right. All right. So no. I get into awards a lot. Um, yeah, like. It doesn't mean anything, and a lot of it's more just for fun, or just to have trivia knowledge of random bullshit. But I really like the Game Awards and the Oscars, for the most part. Um, I came up with a formula for the Game Awards. Uh, you guys use this, and you will win uh, Game of the Year. Alright, I'm, I'm going to say the formula real quick. Alright. So, it's five steps. Uh, yeah, five steps. Alright. Number one for uh, uh, predictors. Alright. Has to be in the top 20 highest rated of that year on Metacritic for critics. Every single game, even Dragon Age Inquisition, had a version in the top 20. Number two, has to be nominated in director. Doesn't have to win. As we've seen twice now, it doesn't have to win. But if you're not nominated in director, you're not uh, number three, uh, it has to come out the first half of the year, so January to June. I know technically it should be like December to May, but they won't include anything from the previous year, so it's January to June. And, and uh, finally, it has to win a quote-unquote genre type game. So this includes action game, action adventure, RPG, multiplayer, family, Sim strategy, indie, and there's like a couple of more, but those are the big ones that you have to win. Every single game has won a genre type. Um, sometimes it's the only thing it wins before game of the year. So we're selling, saying Elden Ring will win? Yep. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yep. Um, uh, I'll actually, uh, it might change later in the year. I do want to kind of keep up with the award stuff. So my six right now, uh, for Game of the Year, 
nominees, not winners, although we know who's going to win. Just uh, predictions. El- predictions. Yeah, yeah, Elden Ring, Horizon, Forbidden West has no shot at winning, but it's going to get like double digits, I'm telling you right now. God of War Ragnarok, I put this at three, although I have a feeling it might not count, because when I looked up last year's deadline, it was the 17th. Yeah. And God of War Ragnarok is the ninth. So it'll only have like a week to marinate. So I don't know if enough people are going to love it in that week to nominate it for that. So I should put it at six as a very hesitant. If it gets in, it'll get a fuckload of nominations. Or it's going to get completely snubbed. That's my two guesses. Is I don't think... They're going to nominate for, like, four things. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be for a bunch or nothing. That's my guess. I have an indie in here, Tunic. It's super highly rated. Indies get in yeah. sometimes. Indies don't win, though, because no. people hate indies. Indies not good because not mainstream enough. That's true. Uh, Celeste, Hades are the two big ones. Really the only two major people still, indies have gotten in. People still talk about Celeste to this day. Absolutely. Hades, as you can hear from what I said, is still very popular. I'm still yeah. playing it, you know, even though I just started. Number five, I have a bit of a controversial one. Last of Us, part one. No, that, that makes sense because it's the Game Awards. and They have a bit of a bias against Naughty Dog until... The Last of Us. So when it was with Spike TV, yeah, Uncharted 2 lost. That's not true. Uncharted 2 won, but that was the only Naughty Dog game to win. So the first one didn't win. The third one didn't win. The Last of Us didn't win. Then when it became just the Game Awards, Uncharted 4 lost. Wait, then who won in 2013 then? GTA 5. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Um. So yeah, their only real win for Naughty Dog was, like, over a decade in the making. Like, it was more of like a, we have to give it to you sometime, sort of. They'll make up for it. They're making up for 2013, is that what you're saying? Basically. <laughs> yeah. And then they gave it yeah. the biggest sweep in Game Awards history, the 7. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, we all knew when that game dropped that it was going to kind of go off during awards. At least I thought so. And then the Game Awards, which is actually like the earliest Game Awards show, which is stupid. That should be like the last one. It should lead into that. Yeah. But I guess they don't want to do that because they want to get the December ratings for sales and shit. Because January is an awful month for like ad revenue. So they want to drop it in December where they can have like Christmas sales. So I get why, for monetary reasons, they do it, but then every December game gets snubbed, and they don't get nominated the next year. So it's like, that's stupid. I don't know why. They just, or like, wait till February then. Like, the first week in February to do it. And then, like, nominations come out in January. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing really happens in January, so yeah, just wait till... January is the month everyone moves on from right away, so it's January. Basically, yeah. (laughs) It's the aftermath of Christmas and New Year's, and it's the bland month. And, of course, that's the month of my birthday. Uh, that, that's yeah. that's cool. Um, but, um, yeah, my last pick is a Nintendo pick. Now, 
Nintendo gets in often. They didn't get in for two years. Um, but, as I'm about to tell you, they can get in over games that looked like guarantees. They can just swoop in and, like, pop off. So the first year, uh, they got in with uh, Bayonetta 2. Now, technically, that was on other consoles, but it was really big on the Wii U. That's why they ported it over to the Switch. And especially because now, Bayonetta is Nintendo only. She's coming back. <laughs> um, then, I guess that might not count, but I think that kind of counts. The next year, they get in with Super Mario Maker in Game of the Year over... Stuff like Her Story, Ori in the Blind Forest, Life is Strange, Tales from the Borderlands, Until Dawn, Batman Arkham Knight. Like, this fucking level creator, this Nintendo level creator, gets in over every indie imaginable. Better calm down, because Nintendo fans are actually crazy, so. I know, but like, I'm just saying, that's the... I'm telling you, Nintendo can get in with random shit over stuff that seems like locks, right? Then, here's 2016. It was a crowded year and they didn't get in. Especially because 2016 was just a bad year for Nintendo in general. But 2017 was maybe the best year for Nintendo. Oh yeah, Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild wins Game of the Year. And they actually get Mario Odyssey. They both get six nominations each. Right? Both win at least one award. Uh, Breath of the Wild won three. So they had a hell of a year that year. Right? And then, like, you look down at some of the other games nominated, too, and there's stuff that is also really popular uh, Excuse me, on Nintendo, like Cuphead, even though that wasn't originally on Nintendo. They kind of got second lives on Nintendo. And so it's like, just hell of a year for them, you know. That's their one and only win for Nintendo, is Breath of the Wild. Which makes sense, though. So far, yeah. yeah. So far. Um, I'm going to honestly say Breath of the Wild 2 wins next year over Starfield. If Starfield is even nominated. That's true. Well, I'm just worried Breath of the Wild is going to be, Breath of the Wild 2 is just going to be the same game as last time, but with a new color, a new... A new coat of paint. Because the thing... Every Zelda game is unique in its own way. Because it's like, oh, this is a new Zelda well, game. Let's do something new. It's like Skyward Sword. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, but Skyward Sword at least was new. That's true. You know? So yeah, 2018 was also crowded, and they didn't get in. Those are the two years they didn't really get in. Um, 2019. Because of the rule... Um, that no games in December can get in. Smash Brothers, which is the biggest game from Nintendo that year, and the, considered by sales the biggest fighting game of all time, technically, uh, it didn't get in. And 2019 was a bit of a, kind of not that crowded of a year, so Smash Brothers gets in to Game of the Year over other 2019 games. Because it was just that popular. And also Nintendo needed to get in. Then 2020, it's another crowded year. 
and over stuff like Half-Life Alex, 13 uh, Sentinels, uh, you have stuff like Ori and the Will of the Wisps, you have like quite a few uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales is another big one that didn't get in. They were able to sneak in Animal Crossing New Horizons into Game of the Year. It only got two nominations no, I think Game of the Year. I was hoping I would win. Because, like, that was a huge cultural phenomenon right when the pandemic hit. Yep. So, like, if that won Game of the Year, it would have been a very pleasing win, I feel like. Then in 2021, over games like Guardians of the Galaxy, which won narrative, Life is Strange True Colors, Returnal, uh, Forza Horizon 5, which won three awards. Um, Weird. <laughs> uh, Cyberpunk 2077. A lot of people at this point actually like the game. Ah. But now they uh, get Metroid Dread in with only two nominations again. So they snub top-tier shit to get a Nintendo game in there, even if they only get like one other nomination. So I'm going to assume Nintendo is going to get it again. So I'm thinking, is it Xenoblade 3? Is it Splatoon 3? It's Splatoon. (laughs) And then then I thought, no, 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 no. Bayonetta 2 got in, and then I remembered, oh shit, Bayonetta 3 is supposed to come out this year. They've shown gameplay for it, actually a decent bit of gameplay for it, I think. So now I'm thinking, that's the sixth slot. That gets in, that's the Nintendo. And that's my six for your game of the year. Uh, any objections? Anything you want to add? Stuff you changed? I wouldn't change anything yet, because there's still a lot of indie games that are coming out, what, August, September-ish, near the fall, that I'm looking forward to, like, uh... I also want to see if, uh, Saints Row, the the new one, gets popular, and if somehow Gotham Knights is good, I highly doubt it, but if it is, that could be pretty big, because they liked Batman Arkham Knight, even though that's, like, the worst of the trilogy. I mean, our, our Gotham Knights doesn't really look that good. great. I know. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah. But, like, you, you got to look up for other contenders, you know? Indies are way less than Nintendo. Yeah. I just wanted to prove my point that Nintendo can get in in a year with a ton of shit. So that, and in, this year is not that crowded, really. I'm actually kind of scrambling, trying to put some stuff into a six, because I highly doubt Kalo's going to get in. Sadly, because, you know, controversy. It's not a good game. It's it's a shop, guys. I, sorry. I don't want to get into Halo fans right now, either. <laughs> um, so, yeah. That's my that's my six. If I had to have a seven, I would put Halo at seven. Because that's going to get score and seven. Yeah. And then action game. So, like, it could get four at the end of the day. But I'm just not going to go out on a limb and say that. I, I for think, me personally, I think this year for gaming, I'm gonna do something a little different. I don't know. I'm, I think since indies are gonna start coming out more now than towards the fall, I think I'm gonna go out of my way and try and find my game of the year instead of just, just 
playing the mainstream games. And then picking one is your game just of the year? Picking one, yeah, yeah. I don't play enough games. I'm too slow. So, like, I mean, the games I play are good, but I don't play enough games in a year to have a diverse outlook. And I'm really bad with playing indie games. I'm very much a, oh, I like this series, and it's from a big developer, so I'll pick it. As opposed to, look at this tiny indie that looks not that fun, but I should probably play it anyways, and it's also cheaper than other options. I could find my game of the year that way. I'm just really bad at that. Good principle. Mm-hmm. I may have to do all the research. That kind of thing. In, just to make sure it's good. And I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I just lost my... Th- yeah. I'm trying to... Yeah. I, I get what you're talking about. It's a lot easier to just go find a AAA game than go, oh, this indie I hear is good. I'm going to buy it and not like it. Well, that was like 12 minutes last year. I would, I, There was a trailer for that in 2019, and no one talked about it. But I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. So 12 minutes, I'm going to keep an eye on this one. And then nothing about it until 2021. And then that shows up again. And it has a gnarly cast, and I'm like, oh shit, this is a must-play for me. And now I have it, and I'm going to play it soon. I think it's uh, good, or if everyone is right about it being uh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I have some other topics if you want to, um, um, unless you have another topic. No, no, we can we can keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. So, since it's the first episode, I wanted to sort of like get to know us a bit, you know. So I think we should do a uh, favorites, sort of. Oh yeah, yeah. we should have started with. We probably should have started with this, but now we're almost an hour and a half deep. So I'm sorry about that. So, um, I'm gonna come up with some questions, and then we're gonna answer them. All of our favorite things. Uh, just general, nothing too specific. Um, so, let's start with uh, favorite movie. You go. Um, that's that's tough because I keep switching back and forth a lot. It used to be Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and then it wasn't. It was Monty Python, then it wasn't. But I think right now in this state is definitely Starship Troopers. Because, you know, reading more into the book and then stopping because it's boring as hell. (laughs) Doing research, it just makes the movie a lot better and I appreciate it as a satire and how relevant it is today with how much America's ego is, how big it is, you know, we're the good guys, we've never been bad, we've never lost the good guys. (laughs) The good guys. There's nothing wrong. We don't make the bad guys look wrong. We're not nationalists at all. No. Yeah, like that that kind of stuff. I it, I think it's funny, but the last time I watched it, I kind of like shut my brain off and was like, you know, I'm just going to see what it's like as a dumb action movie and it's it's a dumb action movie. Absolutely. Like, don't just know. don't don't look into the content. No, no, yeah, no, no, yeah. no. It's a dumb action movie <laughs> that I found out I was cheering for fascists and I'm like <laughs> Holy shit, was that propaganda? <laughs> Wait a minute. Is it easy to fall under fascist regimes? 
Huh. Let's not think about it. <laughs> huh. uh, all right. Uh, my favorite movie, I found this out recently, is Grave of the Fireflies. For the longest time, I had The Shining, because I saw that when I was like 10. And I'm like, oh shit, this changed. This like blew my mind. It's like I hated slow movies, but I was able to sit through this, eyes like glued to the screen. Love Jack Nicholson. Love the score. The in giant lavish hotel they built as like an addition to like an actual hotel is insane. I think it's shot gorgeously. The sound design is great. I didn't know this stuff as a kid. Looking at it now, I'm like, oh yeah. Still easily top three for me. Then I went through a Ghibli marathon. I watched all 24, 25, 24-ish yeah. Ghibli movies. And one night, because Grave of the Fireflies isn't available on HBO, but every other one is available on HBO. So I looked it up on YouTube to see if I could like rent it or something. And then I found just a pirated copy <laughs> of it. So I'm like, oh shit. And it was like midnight by this point. So I'm like, alright, I'm going to watch this. The first half, I really digged, but I was sort of like, hesitant the very opening was weird but that second half had me crying for the next 40 minutes and then when the film cut to credits i audibly said and it's like 1 30 in the morning i like audibly almost yelled fuck you as i proceeded like ball my eyes out right i've never done that during a movie before just like that visceral reaction of just pure emotion I've never had that in a movie before. And I immediately gave it a 10. Like, immediately. And the more I thought about it, the more I looked into it, I'm like, okay, this is, like, definitely, like, probably my favorite of all time. And then I was hesitant to watch it again because it was so goddamn sad. But I saw it again in English. The first time I saw it, it was in Japanese. And I'm like, it's still so goddamn good. The soundtrack is phenomenal. It's probably like top three Ghibli like soundtracks. Although Mononoke and The Wind Rises are really goddamn close. Um, but yeah, that's probably my favorite movie. Mononoke was good. Though. I didn't love it as much as you did, but that's fine. <laughs> I thought the themes were generic. Maybe because I'm a Zelda fan, maybe that's why. Um, alright. Favorite TV show, if you have one. Oh yeah, that's easy. I think it's Community. No, wait. No. I'm, I might actually give this to... Yeah, Community. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say Freaks and Geeks, but I, I think it would have been better if it had a longer life. But yeah, definitely community. I think the cast is perfect, and even Chevy Chase. I know a lot of people hate him, but I think he plays a racist old guy very well. <laughs> but I think what the show proves very well is that uh, you can have a very diverse cast of characters that have nothing in common, and they can still have good chemistry with each other. They can still work together, and. Uh, it's very Breakfast Club also-ish, if you know what I mean. They all share their problems with each other in just one small room. 
It's That's like, like a sort of the episodes, but it's like a comedy, sure. a very com, funny comedy. I laughed so much during the show. You saw all six seasons, right? I stopped season five. Oh. Yeah, so uh, that's why my opinion is probably invalid. <laughs> but yet again, I don't watch many shows. Sure. But I think this is a show that I would watch over and over again. And um, also, I want to say I appreciate when media can balance tone very well. Like, it's funny, but like also at the same time, you can fucking bawl your eyes out because something is happens. Sure. That makes you cry. Um, but it hooked on to me because it seems like it was written for me because, you know, it's very our generation type of humor. Like wacky, insane shit. Wacky, insane shit. It, it can go from just funny school comedy episode to zombie apocalypse episode <laughs> where everyone's a zombie. Yeah, like, shit gets, Jesus. like, the, and it has... The best episode I've ever seen on TV ever. I think people who've watched Community know what I'm talking about. Like, this shit was, like, the best thing you will ever watch on on TV, TV, ever. Which is obviously the episode that involves multiple dimensions. Which I find so strange. Yeah. Like, I just thought it was, like, another Office comedy. But then you tell me, yeah, there's an episode with other dimensions. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. (laughs) Just, like, I'm... I haven't seen it, but I'll take your recommendation to heart. Um, I, I might have to borrow it's, your copy of Community. Oh, I just watch it on Netflix. Oh, yeah. sh- oh shit. Yeah, yeah. All right. It's so, it's, like, I think season four was definitely a drag, but, like, they call it the gas leak season because, like, they changed the writers. And, and also got rid of Chevy Chase. Also got rid of Chevy Chase. I don't think he ever returns again. But, yeah, the sh- Chevy Chase yeah, I don't think the show's kind of the same without him. Like, they but needed the racist old guy dynamic. They needed the racist old guy dynamic. It's kind of like a dynamic that if one doesn't exist, the others kind of don't really work out. Sure. They, everyone needs everyone. Everyone needs everyone. Okay. And that's why it works so well. Sure. But, yeah. I, I'm in the same boat. I don't watch enough TV. Yeah. Um... Everything that I watch for TV is like an 8 out of 10. So it feels weird saying, this is my favorite. So I'll list three that are really good, but I don't have enough confidence in saying it's my favorite. Regular show is so goddamn good. I laugh so much during the dumb bullshit of regular (laughs) show. And like, Amazing World of Gumball is in the same boat, but I watched a lot more regular show. And I binged the first, like, four and a half seasons in like a week and I loved every minute of it like it's so creative and the characters are so just defined and like you can do like even an episode of I want to grill cheese is so fucking funny like I just think that show as an animated like work is probably my favorite like animated show then I will uh, well, I want to chime in with the regular show. Uh, uh, the fact that it like seems like an Adult Swim show, but like isn't, I really appreciate too. Absolutely, I think it makes it a uh, funnier because it's on a kids network. But and it like their like swears are like you're ticking me <laughs> off, man. Like yeah. like non swears like said as hard as a swear. Like I just find that really funny. 
right as I say that's my favorite animated, I'm going to backtrack, and I'm going to say Neon Genesis Evangeline. I'm not an anime boy, like, at all. I've seen this, Ghibli, and, like, a couple episodes of Cowboy Bebop. Like, that's it. My anime is extremely limited, and it's to the most popular stuff. Uh, but the show is so goddamn hit or miss. The final two episodes, I know everyone says, oh, if you don't love it, you're not a fan. But, like, those last two episodes are really bad. <laughs> <laughs> They're really bad. And it's purely budgetary. Purely budgetary. The movie that came out afterwards, the end of Evangeline, is so goddamn good. And I think instead of watching those last two episodes, you should head straight into the movie. Just skip the last two episodes. Does it even matter? No, <laughs> because in the last two episodes of Evangeline, he learned like every character goes through uh, the human instrumentality project, which is basically. In the Rebirth series, they actually explain what the fuck it is. But basically, the main scientist guy wants to bring back his dead wife, but he has to use an Evangeline to resurrect him. Or her. So he needs everyone's minds to be connected as one. And that's what it is. But in the original series, I still don't have a fucking clue what it's supposed to be. So, I just know that the main character is in it, and he learns to be accepted by his peers and his, like, figures, like his parental figures. And the show ends on a happy note, which makes no goddamn sense. Because everyone's arc is I'm suicidal and want to die. So to end with everyone's cheering for him is really weird and like misplaced in tone. And I know there's a lot of criticism that I'm giving right now, but the show as a whole is gorgeously animated, except for the last two episodes. That's budgetary, sorry. Then the score is so good. Oh my god, the score for this show slaps. Every time I hear a theme, I'm like, oh shit, here we go, here we go. Like, I get into the music a lot. The main character's a fuckboy, but I like the rest of the characters quite a bit. I think the fight scenes are amazing. I think... Well, it's anime, so... I, I know, like, that's, that's hard to fuck up. But, like, it's so good. Like, as an action show that goes into deeper themes of, like, loneliness... I connected quite a bit with the main character and like a lot of the rest of the characters how a lot of them feel like pressure to live up to something or they feel pressure to try and mean something and I, I, I definitely connected with that a lot and I think the themes of the show while all over the place do have a personal connection with me quite a bit although I am gonna say the fourth rebirth movie is the best thing to come out of the series, but I know a lot of people don't like that opinion. Whatever. Um, finally, is a live-action show. Um, definitely, probably, oh, Our Flag Means Death. I know that's a new show, 
and I'm thinking, well, I want a live action show. But, like, I've only seen a couple. I'm not too into it. Like, I've seen Stranger Things, but I won't call that, like, my favorite. And my mother watches The Office and Friends nonstop. <laughs> so I know almost every joke in every episode, and I've grown to hate both of them. That's because of overexposure. They're still good. I know you hate Friends, but, like, I can tolerate it a decent amount. <laughs> Despise Friends. I don't find it funny besides Paul Rudd. At Paul all. Rudd, let's go. Every time Paul Rudd shows up, I'm like, He saves Yo. this. <laughs> he saves it. Yo, Paul Rudd. Is that Paul Rudd? Paul Rudd. There's, um, there's a cameo that uh, Billy Crystal and Robin Williams make in one of the episodes at the very beginning. And it's so funny. It's Billy Crystal is sleeping with Robin Williams' wife. <laughs> And, like, Robin Williams, like, goes apeshit. But, like, the six friends are sitting at the two couches in the cafe. So, like, Robin Williams and Billy Crystal are like, scoot the hell over, right? So they, like, have nothing else to do but eavesdrop. So, like, they keep trying to chime in. And they're like, this is personal shit, but, like, they're screaming about it. And it's, like, serious stuff, like cheating or whatever. But, like... I, Robin Williams sells it because he's a king. He is the, he king. Is he's king. the king of comedy. He is the king, my dude. So, um, yeah. I'll say our flag means death. I love the relationship between Reese Darby and Taika Waititi. Uh, I don't actually know if Blackbeard was a gay motherfucker, but I really want to believe he was. <laughs> um, it has a, a, a bit of a weird ending because they escape from prison and Taika's like, meet me down in the boat in an hour and we'll sail away together on this brand new life. And then Reese Darby just abandons him. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> what? <laughs> so he goes back to his wife that he left and the next two episodes, or I guess I, the finale, the last episode, is... He, he got cold feet, and he wasn't sure if he was making the right choices, so he tried to go back to his normal life. But they've moved on, and, like, without him. So he basically comes to accept that I've made the choices that I made, and I have to stick with them. And he's still in love with Taika Waititi. And there's not, like, a bunch of judgment from the wife character. She's like, good for you, man. Good for you. I found love. It's good for you to find it, too. I find that quite nice, because in reality, you probably would have been lynched, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> we don't talk about that. This is a pirate show? This is a pirate show. Holy the, shit. <laughs> I know. The side characters are kind of funny. There's, like, an extremely queer black character with a beanie. <laughs> I find that really <laughs> funny. There's, um, there's a lady that dresses as a dude. It's a very LGBT show. And, like, I know a lot of people won't love it, but Taika is great as Blackbeard. He gives a great, intimidating performance. There's some scenes in the final episode where he, like, cuts off people's toes and shit when he's, like, reverting back to Blackbeard mode. And he is so good. And, like, he abandons people on an island to die. Like, he kills a bunch of people. Like, Taika is so good in this show. 
as like a bitch, but as like a great person also. And I'm excited to got a season two. So yeah, those are my three. I can't pick from any of those. Those are just my three. Yeah, shows are kind of hard. You know, you there's a lot out. more time, but yeah. if you're in a good show, it won't matter much. I think I think at least a good show is something that you can watch over and over again without getting tired. Yeah. So, uh favorite game? I, we both know it, but it, or unless yours has mine's, changed. Yeah, uh, mine's I conflict a lot, but. My number one will probably always stay the same forever, and it'll always be Ocarina of Time. I, I'm not going to change it, ever. Like, not not only was this the first game from memory that I've ever played, so it's purely nostalgia-based, but fuck you, I don't care. <laughs> um, but, like, the feeling that when I play this game is nothing compared to anything else. Like, when I play Mass Effect, or something i'm like oh yeah i love these characters of course i'm it's gonna hurt when it's over but you know but then i get a completely different feeling it's like when i played ocarina of time or any zelda game for the matter of fact it's like i feel like i'm a kid again and when that's the entire point of ocarina of time is just you know you can't go back to your childhood, no matter how badly you want to. Because you're, you're, no matter, even if you go back to it, you'll still have to face the horrors of your adult life. And I, I really do find that touching a lot. And not only that, but it was very revolutionary for the time being. First 3D game, one of the first, the transition to 3D. I was about to say, it's not one of the yeah, first. Yeah, but. yeah. And I do agree, there are a lot of janky things, like the time travel mechanic is questionable and uh, it does create dated but good. yeah it's it's very dated but very good uh, it holds up very well narratively too even if you don't pay attention to the narrative that much do you hate the navi thing though the yeah 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 that's that's, that's fucking awesome. annoying yeah. after you play the game multiple times though yeah she does get really annoying and um also i think this was I want to say this was the first Zelda game where Zelda wasn't as much of a sidekick as she was. I mean, she still is kind of a sidekick, but she more of takes center stage of not being She's a character. as much of a damsel in distress. But yeah, 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 yeah. I could go on for hours about the, the soundtrack alone is by Bang far it. the greatest soundtrack I've ever fucking heard. And you cannot change me change it any other way. The, the feeling you get when Sheik arrives, just the theme, it's just like, Cream. this is a this is a friend, I can trust her. I mean him. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. Everyone knows it's Zelda, but... Um, yeah, it's just... And the, the, and the fact that the world ends because children want to be heroes, they want to be adults, is also like, very touching as someone who just became an adult where it's like looking back on it like you always wanted to be what like an adult but then all of a sudden it's like well now i want to go back to yeah child, I, I don't i don't really want to be an adult anymore i think that 
plays into a lot of irony. Definitely. Um, yeah. I don't want to pay for an N64 original or yeah. the expansion pass on Nintendo Online. So I don't, I'm not going to be able oh to play it anytime God. soon. Yeah, I... Fuck, fuck the Water Temple. <laughs> right. I know you've heard that a million times, but seriously, fuck that level <laughs> designer. Oh, shit. Okay, so my favorite game is also... Purely nostalgia. Yeah, As a yeah. game, even back in the day, it was dated. Because it was 2D, but it did, it did. everything on a 3D platform. And janky as shit. But I think my favorite game of all time is Twisted Metal 2. It is so fucking fun <laughs> to just get obliterated and then to obliterate other people or to like know the secrets of you can blow up the Hollywood building and then it'll be like a funny swear word <laughs> <laughs> or like you can destroy the Eiffel Tower on the Paris map and you can drive on top of the buildings and shit and have like aerial combat like it, that shit's so bad or in the Antarctica level where it's this giant map that just shrinks and disintegrates over the course of the map and you can plunge into the depths of fucking hell <laughs> if you aren't fast enough <laughs> just like what? it's so good it, the ocean is what I mean but I just said it like that you get plunged into the ocean and lose one of your lives if you're not fast enough like a permanently degenerating map in a PS1 game I think is insane but it's been off a lot of uh, knockoffs, though. Twisted Metal, did. absolutely. Yeah. And it's like hundreds of the the soundtrack, like the game disc. Even when I was younger, was corrupt. So the score is like always like 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 dying. But like even like listening to it, like on non-corrupt footage, it's not the greatest thing ever. But like that's ingrained into my mind forever now. I have played this game since I was, like, eight, and I kept my PS2 purely for that, just to play Twisted Metal 2. The only reason why I kept it. And I wouldn't get rid of it ever. It might die, because it's an old piece of shit, <laughs> but if I don't have to, I'm going to keep it so I can play Twisted Metal. I think the characters are... Simple, the gameplay is fun, janky, but fun, and like co-op is awesome, the boss fights are insane, just like hearing the music as he gets closer, like the minion boss on the lava level, where you have to like drive on narrow pathways and you can like destroy temple walls and there's like an underground section and stuff, or there's like Tokyo, or is it Shanghai, not sure. There's the giant final level where, like, you can go through a bunch of tunnels and, like, drive on the walls a little bit. Like, the level design's great. I love the levels. I think the characters are simple. They're defined, and they're really fun. And this is when uh, cheat codes were still around. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so, like, you can type in a cheat code and get a character, and you're like, oh, shit, oh, shit, here we go. I get to play as this guy now. And it's like so like rewarding the story mode is goofy as shit 
you're just a dude that wants a wish. And when you get to the end of the levels, the main guy running the show fucks you over on your wish because he takes it very literally. So the character I always played was Warthog. He's like a 110-year-old man in an old tank. <laughs> and when I got to the end, his cutscene was, I want my body to be young again. So he's like, your wish is granted. So now his body is like young and hot, but his head is old and fucking disgusting. And I just find that so funny. Like, it doesn't take itself seriously, like something like Twisted Metal Black. It's very goofy. It's very out there. Again, not the greatest game, but my favorite. Wait, so then the series declined, they got rid of the funny? So, I haven't actually played any outside of 1 and 2, sorry, 2 and 3. But from what I've seen from like retrospectives and stuff, uh, the fourth one has none of the mainstay characters except for the clown, Sweet Tooth. The rest are all brand new. And has awful CGI cutscenes. Oh yeah, I've seen them. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, I have seen those, believe me. Twisted Metal 4, let's go. And then they had some spin-offs that did poorly, but everyone's favorites are uh, 2 and Black. And I need to play Black, for sure. Like, I know I should. And that one makes more sense. It gets rid of the goofy shit, but it also, like, updates the tone a lot more. Like, so, you don't know if people are losing their goddamn minds because they're in an insane asylum, or if, like, it's actually happening. It sort of plays into that fear. And there's, like, characters where, like, they're getting beaten the shit out of and, like, tortured and shit. There's, like, characters that are, like, suicidal, or there's, like, a psychopath. Like, it takes these goofy characters and, like, grounds them. Like, yeah, this character's goofy, but, like, strip that away he's actually batshit insane and we shouldn't like be rooting for him you know it's a very dark game from what i've seen but yeah those are the two ones that people like the most i don't know if it declined sort of like not as popular really yeah as, as yeah cause i know twisted metal kind of started a new genre trend with the arcade-ish death racing games it was yeah i one of the major like 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 derby games is what i yeah, think yeah, is sure like a good is. like name for it is a derby game so i'm sure people just got burned out by it by the time black came out but that like sort of brought the series back a bit and then the reboot did too a little bit oh, yeah. i think that's like the highest selling one still which is weird because there's like actual racetracks in Twisted Metal, which is strange because there's never been a racetrack that I know of. Or maybe in one of the spin-offs there was, but in the main lines, there hasn't been like a racetrack. But in here there's like death racetracks and they're broken and nearly impossible because they didn't test them <laughs> before uh, releasing them. <laughs> people still people yeah. There, uh, so that's well, that, that makes it more fun though, because it's like an actual death race. Because like you want to die <laughs> when you're done playing it. So yeah, Twist Metal Two, my favorite. Um, let's uh, let's move on. Favorite food. Lasagna. lasagna. There's nothing else to it. Just straight lasagna. I want my lasagna. Jenny. 
I think lasagna is good, but I'm a I'm a burger boy. Give me a good burger. I'll, I, I just like just just a burger, just a plain burger is nice. Sometimes, Depending if the meat's really good though. I yeah. I I like a California mixed with like a bacon cheese. So you have like the lettuce, onions, uh, ketchup, mustard, bacon. I do like cheddar, but I think American is a bit more. American. Not the reason that. <laughs> American cheese is a bit more, like, softer of a taste, I feel like. Cheddar's got a very bold taste. So I like American a bit more. It's a bit softer. Um, yeah. And, like, sometimes you can... I've had a breakfast burger, and that was really good. It had, like, runny eggs. No. And that had, like, I'm bacon, like a, sausage. On a bun? It was a bun. They could have done toast, but it was on a, a bun. That's interesting. Yeah. Um. Right. Favorite drink. Water. But outside of water. Water. It's like oh. if, if like if it was like a pop or like an energy drink. Here. Like outside of water. I don't like energy drinks like at all. And things that have too much caffeine, I'll have like one, or too much sugar, I'll have a little bit. Like Mountain Dew, I'll have like one can. And then you're like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. But otherwise, root beer. Root beer? Root beer. <laughs> Specific brand or just root beer? Just root beer. Right. Yeah, I, I don't really hate any. I, I prefer ones that have more of a vanilla taste to it because I like vanilla. But oh, okay. That's kind of. Do you like orange vanilla or just vanilla? Just just vanilla. I, I mean, I do like orange vanilla, but vanilla is pog. I, I agree with you that. Outside of water, which would probably be my favorite. Uh, I would have to say probably a Mountain Dew. Like, that like hurts my stomach a yeah. lot. So, water, or I really like fruit punch. Like, a good fruit punch is, like, satisfying. Satisfying. Absolutely. For me, fruit punch is about the after. Like, I, like that's why I don't really like Hawaiian punch because it like leaves like it's dry. Oh, okay. Like, I don't know how to. Is, is it like too sugary? Like, like... Yeah, it kind of like leaves like this dry taste in my mouth. I, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like, yeah. Also, if you drink like Dasani, that, but... you're weird. Yeah. You're weird. Yeah. I'd, to... I'd even say Aquafina. Yeah, sometimes. I, I'm sorry about that, the... but my dad keeps it for free. So no, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Like, no joke, if you have Ice Mountain, that's the best fucking water you can ever have in terms of bottled water. Ice Mountain is so goddamn good. No joke. Like, favorite book, if you have one. Oh, that's easy. Um, I don't really read our book book. Well, I would say... Yeah, definitely Watchmen. I mean, I know book? that's a comic well, like, book, but like... Like, I, that'd probably be a separate thing. So, like, that's... Yeah. You know, here, we'll do favorite, like, comic book, then. You say Watchmen. My favorite comic book? Um, you can just stick with book. Yeah. Book? Yeah, we'll okay. just stick with book. Okay. I have a good one for book. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't read enough books, but a recent one that I really like is a book called Pizza Girl. It is a book about an 18-year-old Korean girl who just 
graduated uh, high school who's pregnant, and she becomes obsessed with one of the customers that orders pizza from the place that she works at. And the book, like, follows, like, relationships and obsession really well because she becomes, like, physically obsessed with her as well as, like, mentally obsessed. Like, she, like, talks about, like, her smell and she talks about, like, masturbating to this lady. Like, she becomes fully obsessed. But it's also, like, a book about, like, parental trauma her father was an alcoholic so she like took a lot of traits from him and the finale spoilers is she gets drunk with a baby by the way and she drives to this lady's new house because she moved breaks in is about to murder the husband and she thinks she's saving this lady purely just, like, obsessed to the point where, like, her mind becomes distorted with ideas of heroism with this sort of stuff. And it has, like, a very good outcome, I think. I, I think personally. But yeah, very good and recent book. Wow, that sounds like it should get a, a adaptation in Hollywood. Can't wait for Hollywood to ruin it. <laughs> to ruin it, absolutely. What? That was that was wild. Yeah, you never talked about Pizza Girl. I, I mean, for you said you bought it, but you never really talked about it before. I thought you were going to talk about Hitchhiker's Guide for a second, but yeah, I'm like you're like Pizza Girl. Huh. Yeah, Hitchhikers is good. I just hate the ending, like a lot. Well, there's more books though. And I started. I'm like fifty pages deep into the sequel, and I'm bored as shit. So that's why nobody talks about the sequels? It doesn't recapture <laughs> the same magic. Yeah, that makes sense. Alright, so what's well, your favorite, like, My favorite book? Book, book? Well, that's that's obvious. Um, you know, after reading Lord of the Rings, the dark fantasy, I mean, you wouldn't consider it dark fantasy, but it's darker, but after reading Lord of the Rings and then going to The Hobbit, it's very refreshing to get just a kid's book. It's not really In the kid's fantasy? book universe yeah in a, sort of. in a fantasy but it's not really a kid's book but it is at the same time it is a childish tone to it there's a lot of jokes in it there's a lot of like singing and stuff yeah it's dwarves versus goblins they're smaller than orcs and humans and they're like children but i i would say the one thing i didn't really like about now about the hobbit what was probably the fact that i think they, they just killed people off off screen in the book, I just kind of like, oh yeah, by the way, uh, this guy died, so did these two guys, you know who I'm talking about, the, the, the Thorin and uh, Feely and Keely. At least I don't remember them having a gruesome death, but otherwise... Maybe I just repressed it. Yeah, maybe <laughs> I just repressed it because it was too traumatic or something, but yeah, it's just a very, it's just a, like it, that's what the book does, it doesn't do like details, it's just like a, just, just a sim simple book and I just really appreciate that, and that sometimes it's just all you need. It's just a simple read. That's why I always go back to it. Like, hey, it's, it's just... not like a giant dense story. Like yeah, Lord it's of not. The Rings. It's not. It's like a point A to point B. I mean, that's what Lord of the Rings is too. But like... Well, that's what The Hobbit is too. They just I know it's, it's one book just... as opposed to three. <laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, that 
that's why I kind of hate the movies. The Hobbit movies? Yeah, they, they just don't okay. recapture the... It got too dense. Yeah. It, they added a bunch of shit. See, they should have kept with the duology, I think. Because that's what it was planned to be, was a duology. But then they filmed too much, and then, like, scheduling got fucked. So then they made a third one, and they all made money. And I thought Del Toro would have been a great director making uh, uh, grotesque goblins. If they but no, like, now it's CGI, which is gross, because that's not what Peter Jackson's known for. And they used orcs mm. instead of goblins. Uh-huh. We'll see. Um, yeah, all right. So I guess now i got to do a comic book. Again, I'm so bad with this. I don't read enough comics. Watchmen is great. I do have to admit, Watchmen is great. I also really enjoy the first, like, volume of Nightfall, Batman Nightfall. There's three mega volumes. The second one was boring as shit, and I'm not really wanting to touch the third one, but I have all of them. But, like, the first volume of Nightfall is great. Seeing Batman just wither, but, like, the human spirit as he tries to get every villain back into prison, and then Bane's just like, I'm going to destroy you and then seeing like like robin trying to live up but like he's being forced to not help by batman and there's like a second batman that comes in who is asriel and he's like a more violent batman and i think that dynamic is cool i i think that is a very good i wouldn't continue after maybe read like the last issues of volume three, like pirated somewhere probably, um, but yeah, volume one of Nightfall Does is it very good. Turn out like Bruce Wayne's like, I mean Batman's like nurse turns out to have like special healing powers or some comic bullshit that resurrects him. So he never died. Yeah, they, they, yeah, he didn't die, but like, yeah. They say, like, he they, he got like a really good like. Specialist, back specialist to help him out. And Robin got a lot of technology. Like, he had to go and take this technology to help Batman. So he is like an enhanced back. That's what I read. Maybe there's more. Again, I didn't read Volume 3, so couldn't really tell you everything. But that's what was in what I read. And I, I assume because it was with the Superman Lives storyline, too, with the Superman, the death of Superman, that sort of. Around oh, the same time. Well, that was like Superman, death of Superman kickstarted them killing a bunch of characters off. It's like, we want to start fresh. Would you have liked Asriel as like the Batman? Because I assume that was the plan originally. He would have been an interesting <laughs> Batman. Because, like, I think the two of them together as a dynamic is interesting. Because Asriel's not afraid to kill. He's not afraid to do what Bruce can't in terms of, like, having a moral code. And he's also, like, being powered by his religion. And he, Asriel as a character, is, like, conflicting. Because, like, he does have a moral compass, but he also has to be Batman. And he thinks he's a better Batman. So he has a lot of this pressure, and he gets this suit to try and be better. And then he defeats Bane which is nuts, because, like, Bane gets, like, kicked out of the story, basically, in the first half. But, like... Well, that's all in the first half of the story. Yes! <laughs> I know. This is a... This is, like, a like a 
four-year-long comic run, including spin-offs and, like, side stories and shit. Like, the three volumes is everything I Nightfall. I think it lasted that long. Everything Nightfall. So, yeah, I think if I had to pick one, it would be that, or it would be the first volume of Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan. Very funny, very down-to-earth. Kamala's a great character. I'm really not excited to watch the show. Um, those would be my two picks. If I had. Well, I, I would say Watchmen. I think Watchmen is one of the best pieces of media out there, but I think it's a very generic choice. A lot of people just go for Watchmen. So, um, I mean, that's totally, it, it's good, so it's yeah. not a bad pick at all. Yeah, yeah, but it's just very mainstream. I'm looking at Kingdom Come on the shelf, and I'm going to say no. <laughs> I love Kingdom Come, but I'm going to go with All-Star Superman. Oh, is your second, or is your first choice? As Well, I mean, I obviously have Watchmen there, but All-Star Superman to me is, um, like, the definitive Superman story. Like, that's what made me realize why I like Superman in the first place. Like, it's not the it's not the big action fights he gets into where he just beats guys up. It's not the... It's not him saving the world. It's the fact that, you know, like Batman, when he goes out on the streets, he's going to go straight towards the supervillain. But Superman, before he gets to the, the big bad General Zod blowing up the city, he's going to go save every damn kitten who's stuck in a tree. You know, he cares about the little things. And that's something I like more about Superman than all the other superheroes. There's no not superheroes don't really show that that often that they're gonna go stop and just save a family who's burning under a building or something. They don't show that that often. But I think that the Superman can get some criticisms because it like doesn't it like weakens him in a way without spoiling it. I don't really want to spoil it. Have you read it? Yeah, I've read it, but it weakens him in a way, but also at the same time... Is it like a reissue comic? No, it's, it's Elseworlds. Oh, All-Star Superman. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it okay. was I thought you meant the actual of Death of Superman. All, All-Star. It was the All-Star run when they were doing I got confused because you jumped to a second thing. Okay. Yeah, Sorry, wait. Yeah, I got confused too. Well, I'm getting confused with what I'm talking about. Um, the Death of Superman in All-Star Superman. Not I didn't read Death of Superman. No, you're saying the death of Superman. Oh in yeah, the yeah, story yeah, yeah, in the story. Superman. Yeah, like okay. it kind of it kind of like weakens him a bit, which a lot of people, I guess, oh, he's not boring anymore because he's not super strong. Uh, but also at the same time, um, since he's on here longer, he gets more power. So like random bullshit powers appear out of nowhere. But also, it leans more into the scientific side of Superman, where he's also a scientist, like his culture is very scientific, the Kryptonian culture. There's a lot of Easter eggs to previous comics, but I also, uh, I never really understood the dynamic between Superman and Lex Luthor, not even really in Smallville, when I watched Smallville, and I love Smallville, but when I read this, I'm like, this is, I understand why this is like the superhero and supervillain combination, like Batman and Joker. And um, it did pull up my heartstrings a lot when they just had their one-on-one -on -one confrontation right at the end. Because the whole point of Lex Luthor in the comic is, in this run at least, he's like, uh, 
he wants to kill Superman because he's in his shadow, because he wants to be like the Superman. But Superman's trying to convince him with all the power and money, you're just wasting it on trying to kill me instead of helping people. You could be me, but you just choose not to. It's oh, kind of like pointing out like yeah. billionaires, like you could be a great person, but you just choose not to. You know, you have all that money, but you just choose not to. And yeah, it just leans into the comic book ish nature, and I really appreciate that. I want to say more without spoiling it, but I I don't want to spoil it because you uh, haven't read it. No. Yeah, and I I highly recommend it. If you're it it it's the comic that everyone brings up. Like if someone says, "Oh, I don't like Superman because he's boring." They're like, um, actually. <laughs> just read this, and I think you'll understand what makes Superman great. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I, you brought up Death of Superman. Um, for a birthday gift, I got an original 90s copy oh, issue of the Death of Superman. It's in a plastic wrap right now. It's got a gray cover on the issue. I don't know the context beforehand, but I have the issue itself. Yeah, I hear it's, it's the Death of Superman is very messy itself because it's Because then continuity. like he there's like a cyborg later and then he gets resurrected and he's a mullet and then there's like Superboy. Yeah. Like I don't know shit afterwards, but the issue itself is great. Right? Like the like Lois holding him is like I think his battle with Doomsday is ruined by Batman versus Superman. Justin, oh yeah, very good issue. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you well favorite toy? Legos. 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 Yeah, Legos. That's where I my creativity came, my slight creativity came from, like, I wrote, uh, there was one, like, right when The Force Awakens was coming out, I was just playing with my Star Wars ones, and I, I'm telling you, I, I created the greatest Star Wars story you will ever hear, ever. No joke, <laughs> with these Lego figures, it was about an ancient alien species that was very powerful in the Force, and there was only one of them left, and he was very, very powerful super powerful like he was that villain that i just keep resurrecting if i couldn't think of any good ideas for a villain <laughs> he's like, and then he's back <laughs> there were, there were back. i think there were nine of them in total like the first one was like nine generic. different stories you made yeah there was nine different like in my head anyways there were, there was the generic pilot trooper who turns out he's force sensitive and he wow. falls in love with this jedi lady that's and then the Jedi lady turns evil, and then he like convinces her to be good and like fight the bad guy and kill him. Then the next one's a completely different story. It has a, uh, it has oh also the you know the, the 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 sand the sand people from the movies. The, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, he had one of those as a sidekick. Yo, sick. he would just be the powerhouse. And then uh, the second trilogy was just like a generic farmer. It was a generic farmer kid, 
and uh, it turns out he's the chosen one. <laughs> Yo, let's go. But you don't know what for, and it's later revealed he's destined to defeat the bad guy, and he meets up with the old crew, and then they fight him, and then his best friend dies, and then you know. And then, and then the next the next one, the next trilogy, there's this new bad guy, and he's, like, killing every. He had a cool lightsaber. It was, like, a, a gun at the end, so he'd, like, flip it around and, and flip it back. And it was sick. Yeah, yeah. And then it turns out that was his buddy the whole time. Yeah. They turned good at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, there was the one with the superheroes that was really sad called The Legend of P8. Sure oh. I never finished that one because that's when I started losing my creativity with Legos. That shit slapped. <laughs> yeah. I had so many good memories with Legos. Just, you know, people don't really play with them, but. They just. Like, like yeah. Did you, like destroy them and build other stuff or did you keep them as the set itself? I kept them as the set themselves but they were only destroyed because other people came over to play with them. And then destroyed them? Like, I think, I don't really have OCD but I have OCD for Legos. Sure. If like there's a fucking piece missing I'm gonna get pissy. Yeah. I think I'd have to agree. Legos were huge. I had a piece missing from a Lego set so I had my dad contact Lego, like, can you please give me this piece? And then I got a personal letter saying, like, yo, we're, we're sorry about it. Here's this piece. And there's, like, a tiny little fucking dot piece. <laughs> but I'm like, I need this piece, god damn it. Because at the time, I was an idiot, and I threw away the extra pieces. So it's like, oh, I don't need this, and I got rid of it. But then I'm like, oh, shit, I needed it, god damn it. So that's why if I got a Lego set afterwards, I kept every piece. But I was huge into Bionicle. I got a giant tote from a cousin <laughs> full of Bionicle. And that was like the thing that I played with for like two years straight. It was Bionicles <laughs> that I got from my cousin. Did you like mix and match them? No. Build your own? No, you just kept them? I kept there's yeah. the, my favorite one was he looked no joke like Jenna Grievous. He had an alien head with like spikes, and he had four arms and claw legs, or like claw feet. He was tan colored, like straight up just a knockoff of General. I don't know which one you're talking about. Oh <laughs> shit! But yeah, that was my favorite one. And then because I played with them too much, the connector. So like, there's the ball. And, like, the connector piece. There's, oh, like, the yeah, two yeah, round yeah. connector pieces. Uh, because I kept playing with them too much and, like, moving them around, they would get worn out, and then they would break. So, like, every time I would try to connect them, it would just fall off. So, like, then I would have to come up with a reason why he had, like, two <laughs> two or three <laughs> instead of four. My arms were cut off. God, dude. I was... I, I still am. Like, I don't play with toys a lot. But I, like, have some. It's like a fidget, sort of. So, I like, when I'm, like, coming up with an idea, I talk aloud, and I have, like, a fidget in my hand. Sort of just, like, oh, this, this, and I'll just, like, fidget with this thing. I did that a lot as a kid, too. Sort of like, oh, here's this story. It has nothing to do with this thing I'm holding, but I'm going to use it to act it out as, like, a fidget sort yeah. of. Did you ever watch the shitty Bionicle movies? No. <laughs> what? No. Dude, I 
we're gonna have to watch one of them tonight. <laughs> oh no! There's like five of them, but I've only watched like two of them, and I watched. I the tried first to read the book series. Oh fuck! I couldn't even get past like the first ten pages of the first book, which was like the one with the red guy on it. He was like surfing on lava. <laughs> yep. Yep. I couldn't get past it. I was bored out of my goddamn mind. Oh, but those those three animated movies, those are Kino. That's some real Dude, Kino shit. Adventures right of Clutch Powers. Oh, Dude, oh my god. <laughs> the first Lego movie and the best Lego movie. I remember movie. wanting to have that on DVD so fucking bad. Yeah, we, oh my god. In our town, uh, we used to have a movie rental place. I don't know if you ever went there. I don't want to say no. the town. Yeah, like, I don't. I, I don't remember. I remember. Yeah, going to the uh, Coburn. That's yeah. I yeah. I went there later, but at first it was a. It was on Main Street. It was right when you would turn from fifty five to a yeah. right. It'd be like right there. Yeah, I don't but remember. I would go in every week with my parents. They had these like pamphlets that, like would show you the new releases coming up. And I would always look through it, and that's how I found out, oh my god, they're making a Thor movie? Holy shit. Or like, oh my god, there's a Captain America movie? Holy shit. Like, that's how I found out my movie news, was through this, like, homemade pamphlet that I would get, and it would, it would have, like, the rating and, like, a cyanop- like a synopsis of each movie and, like, a release date of when it would be coming out to the store. I was, like, obsessed with this store. But then, like, stuff started going digital, and they, like, shut down. And that sucks. I, I, I sort of miss those kinds of places. Because they also had, like, VHSs and shit. Like, they went old school for some of them. But, like, that's how I found out about a lot of movies through this pamphlet. And a lot of stuff... Like, I've still never seen, but I remember looking at a pamphlet or whatever. Like, when The Dark Knight Rises came out, and the synopsis was seven years since The Dark Knight. And I'm like, oh my god, it's been seven years since The Dark Knight? And my mom's like, no, seven years in the movie since The Dark Knight. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> and oh. then, um, I remember... They had a small TV that was playing trailers next to the checkout counter, and they were playing a trailer for a piranha movie, like a piranha horror movie. I forgot which one it was called, <laughs> but they were at a water park, and then somehow a fuckboat of piranhas got in and murdered That's a bunch so of awful. people. <laughs> Holy shit. And, like, when I was younger, I got scared of piranhas because of it. <laughs> You're like, oh my god, they're gonna eat me! <laughs> but I don't think there's actually been a reported kill from a piranha. Like, ever. Yeah, I thought they were just fucking nibble. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't have enough bite, and they don't... Like, they are in swarms, and, like, they can mess up your shit. But, like, they're not gonna kill you. <laughs> I do remember being afraid of, what were they called? They were, like, savannah fish or something, and they could, like, crawl on land for a bit because of, uh, uh, there was, so, uh, 
I used to go camping with my grandparents in an RV, and they used to have this shitty small TV that was, like, that big. And they'd always play this one fishing channel, and there was one that had a documentary on this, like, fish that would, like, crawl on water. And there was this one shot that I remember very clearly. It was uh, it was a pool, and there was a baby that was outside for some reason. And then it was it was talking about how the fish could, like, get inside through the, the drain hole and then crawl on land for a certain amount of time was like the most dangerous fish in the world or some bullshit <laughs> and it was just the fish slowly crawling towards the baby and the baby was imagine like, putting Man. a baby in danger like <laughs> or in what yeah, case was probably what terrifying. happened they, they didn't release the fish they just had one shot with the baby then they had a separate shot of like the fish crawling yeah, towards the that's camera exactly what it was. It's probably just like two completely separate things but your mind's like oh my god this is oh my god it's <laughs> oh like an 8 year old like holy shit this small little fish is going to kill me <laughs> so i was scared of i didn't go on water for the longest time cuz i was fucking terrified of savanna fish <laughs> what if they fucking exist so one of the are we still so one of the uh, creatures of Mother Nature that I'm still very scared of is a trapdoor spider. It's a spider that burrows a little hole underground, <laughs> and it can like it's really quick and it can like pop out, like grab prey, and you just I remember vividly the shot of like it's a mouse walking by. And then this disgusting, grotesque spider just like, yep. pops out, out of the of ground the yep. and like drags it in. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can't. Like, that's why I like where we live. Because it's too damn cold <laughs> for this stuff to live in. But like, people in the South deal with wacky shit. <laughs> like a goddamn trap to a spider. Yeah, I, I remember seeing videos like that, too. That is, yeah. That's horrific. It's so terrifying. I can't deal with that. Man, I can't deal with it. <laughs> All right. Favorite animal? Pig. Really? Yeah. Even though you eat them? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's where my name originated from, Porkchopman098. There you go. Yeah. I, you, I used to love monkeys. What? I had, like, a Curious George plushie <laughs> that was, like, this big, and, like, I was a... I think I still have it in a tote somewhere, but, like, I loved Curious George. He's my boy. He's my dude. I don't know what the hell the guy in the yellow <laughs> is, but <laughs> Curious George slaps, you Remember the episode of Curious George where, like, the light stops didn't work, so, like, he, like, replaced the light stops with... No, no, they were working, but, like, he would cause, uh, he wanted to be like the light, the, operate the lights, so he created these circles, the green, red, and yellow lights, and he would, like, cause accidents by switching, <laughs> like, oh, it's red now, then, <laughs> oh, it's all green! <laughs> that's, that's, that's one of the episodes that I, I, that was one of my favorite episodes. Oh, man. Yeah, and then, yeah, monkeys are still great. There's a community of people online that torture monkeys. Yeah. And people comment in the comments like, fuck those monkeys. I'm so glad they're being horrifically and brutally tortured. 
And this is why I hate humanity. This is... I want Monkey to uprise, like Planet of the Apes. Gravity <laughs> becomes nihilistic. <laughs> this is why I want Monkey to rule the world. That's true. That's why you should watch Planet of the Apes. I've only seen Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I haven't seen Dawn or War. I also haven't seen the shitty, apparently shitty, probably shitty, Tim Burton one. <laughs> more cool. Well, actually, the, uh, that's the one that's more uh, closely connected to the book, like adapted from the book. That's why it sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why it sucks. And then I also haven't seen the original five, or is it six? The original ones. I haven't seen those. Uh, all I know is people only really like the first one from that. From the original series, yeah. Yeah. Because I remember I had a Voodoo account when I was younger. And so, like, there was Planet of the Apes, and then I would, like, scroll to the side because there's, like, a similar bar, and it's, like, beneath the Planet of the Apes. And I'm like, oh, what the hell is this one? And then, like, I just keep finding more and more. (laughs) Like, how many are there? (laughs) Just, like, shocked. Absolutely shocked. Beyond the planet of, that was probably one though. You know what? All of the apes. But yeah, I would say Monkey was my younger. Now, I like a lot of animals. Fuck spiders though; they can die. Mm -hmm. Some small spiders I don't give a shit about, but like the big tarantula ones can just. Oh, I like Daddy Long. I think they're kind they're of They're dad energy, you know? <laughs> yeah, they got the dad energy. The you know? dad energy, you know? They got, like, the... Yeah, they got the dad energy. They got that vibe, you know? All right, so there's the original Planet of the Apes. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be in order or not. Um, then there is... Yeah, Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Then there's Escape... Planet of the Apes. What? What? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You can't see this, but there's a screenshot of the two apes in a courtroom, and I really need to see this now. Then there's Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, which is not a mouthful, and then there's Battle for the Planet of the Apes. And the makeup got worse and worse. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, because wasn't time. the first one revolutionary for its makeup? Yep. Yeah. I think it won an Oscar for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. And they got worse. <laughs> and now there's apes in a courtroom. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. And wasn't, weren't Matt Reeves' Planet of the Apes revolutionary for its special mocap? I feel like the, the first and second one, the third one was more like a retread because it's like, yeah, we did this already. Like, the. F- I don't know if it was revolutionary. It's like Lord of the Rings did it too. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Lord of the Rings probably did it better. Yeah. Or not better, but first. Like, yeah, first. Well, I mean, Phantom Menace did it first, but. With. Oh, Jar Jar. You're yeah. right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm pretty sure he was like the first full CGI character. But yeah. Um, You know what? I might still go with Monkey. If I could have a pet, I would want a pet Monkey. Like that's not a joke. No, no, like actually, I would, I would have a pet. If Michigan too. allows pet monkeys, so I'm like <laughs> moving to Michigan. I'm moving to Michigan to get a monkey. <laughs> I want. Oh my god, 
the fucking cute little orange. Oh <laughs> yeah. my god, dude! Oh, I needed, I need an orange monkey stat. <laughs> I need it now. Not ape, because they're gonna rip your arm off. No, the, the tiny, monkey. the tiny little shit muffins <laughs> that are so cute. All right, every time, like after Care Eleven is like done with its news cycle, it'll go to like planet shit. And, like, almost every other episode, it's about goddamn monkeys. And every single time, I'm like, I would die for these things in a heartbeat. There's so... Monkeys that are, like, the size of your fucking hand. Yeah, there's, like, some that, like, never grow out. Oh, my God. Oh, dude, there's... Oh, man. I'm crush, telling you. Crush the monkey. No, don't do that! Squishy. No, you monster. You monster. All right. So, I think... Yeah, we've done favorites. We've talked about pop culture. We're nearly two and a half hours in. I think it's a decent length for a first episode. So I think for an outro, uh, we should talk about what we're going to do next episode. It's not really set in stone, but I mean, for the future, I would like to get some guests. Sure. Yeah, this is a, as you can have, have told, have seen, have heard. It's a very casual. We go on rants about a bunch of random stuff like monkeys. <laughs> um, yeah, we are. I don't know if we're like pop culture bros, but we we're somewhat knowledgeable about some of the stuff that's happening out there, and we don't really want to get into politics much at all. Yeah, I would try we, to avoid controversy for now. Yeah, so we're just gonna avoid those topics and just chill with you know the movies and shows and games like that. We're not sure how consistently we'll make these. We'll probably like have a bunch filmed or I guess recorded before they released. I also don't know the release schedule. This is very um but yeah, thank you y'all for listening. Um if you have Please let us know. We don't have a Twitter for this or an Instagram, so I'm actually not sure how to how you can let us know. We'll come up with names and then you can send us in stuff next episode. Um, but anyways, thank you a lot for uh, listening. I'm Riley. I'm with Hunter. Hunter. Um, and thank you for uh, listening. Bye.